Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Greetings and welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Doctor Sephora Podcast, the only podcast that celebrates all the things that make growing up awesome. We are brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee, coffee to die for, and we are also part of the Dorfing and Inubiar Podcast Networks. I am your host with a bare shell, Nintendo, and with me as always are my my movie loving, video game playing cohorts. Are you ready? Because you need to get ready to scream. Okay. But you don't have to scream. Just get okay, ready. Okay, I, I, I was like, I was getting ready to scream, but Prepare I, I'm glad. And Parasite Steve. Well, I'm not going to scream. I'm going to get on my boat. I'm going to go upriver. And I'm going to kick that son of a bitch bison's ass so hard that the next bison wannabe is going to feel it. Now, who wants to go scream? Who wants to go with me? <laughs> I mean, sign me up. I'm there. Okay, Guile. I'm going. I'm with oh you, God, okay? Guile. <laughs> Guile. Didn't you hear your introduction? My name is Parasite Steve. Okay. <sighs> Not at that moment you are. Not this time it ain't. No way, no Not way. Today, sir. Not today, sir. What the heck are you guys doing, doing today? on this fine, this fine Thursday of which we record, but we release on Tuesdays on Tuesday. because yeah, it begins yeah. with a tentacle letter. It's a it's a fine it's day. True. It is a yes. tis, tis a day of fineness. Technically, Thursday also begins with a tentacle letter. It's Stop just a different it. a different sound. It's true. It's a it's more of a authentical 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 Thursday. Authentical Thursday. What the hell are we doing here? So today, today we're going to be talking about movies that are based on video games. Yes, and we all know the the stigma behind you know the earlier video video game related movies like. Super Mario Brothers and and uh, many of the ones we're going to be talking about tonight. Yeah, we'll be talking about them tonight for sure. Um, But you know, there are some movies out there, especially later on in life, they're actually pretty good. They aren't that bad. Like they've gotten better. Um, Not always sticking with the 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 main source, but. uh, some somehow they they managed to to work everything out. Yeah, there's. I think actually there's plenty of good video game movies at this point. It's just yeah. every single time one comes out, 
the internet says, oh, is this going to be the first video game movie that doesn't suck? It's like, right. dude, that's just such a lame, basic bitch thing to say. Yeah. You yeah. know, there are tons of good video game movies and mm-hmm. uh, tons of bad ones for sure. And you're right. They started yeah. out really, really crappy. Really but bad, yeah. Um, yeah, they definitely got better for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. like animation as animation's gotten better, we've gotten more and more also animated films. Not Yeah, I mean, talking yeah. about many We're of those, even... but they yeah. are also a totally different, you know, caliber that yeah. now animation's so good that like you don't have to worry about like the how do we render this character in real life? It's like, well, you don't mm-hmm. have to. Just do yeah, I mean, we're not we yeah. none of us picked them, but you know, I think the the Sonic movies are freaking great. I'm yeah. excited for the the Mario movie. I mean, I don't yeah. think that Chris totally. Pratt should have been voicing Mario, but I'm still super excited. I think it yeah, looks yeah. great. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. and also also look at Castlevania for the, well, they, um, they the show. Yeah. They the show. It's like, yeah. I mean, that, really I mean that, that game didn't have much of a story, really. It just had like the, the intro and then, and then that was it. And they went off on that and they mm-hmm. did a fantastic job. Like, they definitely created something that was its own thing for sure. I mean, I yeah. definitely love it. Uh, a lot of people seem to have mixed reviews on it, but it's it's just one of those things. They're like, oh, it 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 strayed so far. It's like far from what? From what? From Curse of Darkness, the, the only game right. that had more than like just essentially the opening crawl. Like, come right? On. <clears throat> it's yeah, just seriously. silly. Yeah, really lame. Anyways, so first half we're going to talk about our picks of movies based on no i'm sorry yeah we got one yes. pick yeah one, one pick each yes there mm-hmm. we go one pick each yeah then we'll go to the octoponder mm-hmm. and, then, and then we'll come back again with our second picks and yep. then v segments and that'd be yeah. the end of the show that's good N- nice and nice and easy wrap yeah. it yeah. up yes. it. let's do it let's wrap a bowl on that wrap it up oh my god so I will start things off. Uh, so my first pick is Double Dragon. Now I love the games; they're tough as hell, but I really enjoyed them, especially the second one on the in the arcade and also on the NES. Especially on the NES, I had so much fun with that one, except for the platforming. Fuck the platforming in that game. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> fucking atrocious. Yeah. Worthless. Like, how fucking dare you <laughs> at platforming? No, you put this, this gameplay game. at me. So so bad. Um. Anyways, the movie <laughs> very loosely <laughs> based on <laughs> very loosely based on the video games. Yeah, you have uh, Mark Dukas. Ducascos, Mark Dukascos. Yes, thank you. Uh, and Scott Wolf, and they are brothers. They're supposed to be twin brothers. At least in the game, they're supposed to be twin brothers. In this movie, they're just brothers who definitely don't brothers. look like twins. They definitely don't like twins at all. Clearly not. They don't even look related at all. <laughs> Clearly, they they didn't even try. Um, so they start as Jimmy and Billy Lee. And then you have Alyssa Milano from Who's the Boss as Marion Delario. And I thought she was absolutely terrible. I did not think it was like her best role. And it's, <laughs> I'm not, it's not her fault. It's just 
the way how they wrote she, her. She was terrible. It was just terrible. Terrible. I mean, to be fair, she was very bad on who's the boss too. Like she, she, I don't know. She, she's remembered as being this like, you know, because she was cute and stuff. And I mean, I, I think she got better in Charmed. I guess I didn't really watch Charmed, but yes, uh, yeah. I assume. But like, yeah, no, she was always kind of very staccato in her talking and sort of sounded like she was a bad actor all the time. And that's like just how she was in this. It's how she was in Who's the Boss. I mean, I never thought she was a very good actress, to be honest. Yeah. Um, okay, so then we have... She got a crazy her... haircut for the movie, at least. Oh, my God. And it was terrible. I hated it. I hated her look in this movie. It was so bad. So fucking bad. Um, and you have Robert Patrick, who uh, was in Terminator 2. He was the yeah. uh, the liquid Terminator. Yeah. Uh, he played as the antagonist, Koga Shuko. Don't know who that is in in relation to the game at all. I think he's totally made up. And, and what was, am I remembering this wrong? Or was like, is like Shadow Boss the bad guy of Double Dragon? Yes. So he he had shadow power. He had so. yes, because this movie is literally is literally all about the the uh, the medallions. So so there's like two two halves of a, of a medallion, one for body and one for soul. So one for wind, one for heart, and water, water, and fire. Um. The, the antagonist had the the soul medallion mm-hmm. and that that turned him into a shadow and he could control he can like possess people if he wanted to very bad very yeah. early but very bad CG in this movie oh my god and also really bad. really rough <laughs> very very 90s not as well. good at all yeah not, not very good <laughs> not very good and uh so Scott Wolf, who plays uh, Billy, he 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 keeps hold of the other half of the medallion. The whole point of this movie was the antagonist trying to get the Lee brothers because they have the medallion, and it goes on and on and on for like an hour and a half. And pretty much, pretty much, that's pretty much all it is. It's like <laughs> like a lot of '90s antics, mm-hmm. '90s slang, and yeah. I guess I would say. That's what I like about the movie because it's very '90s, and with the the visuals and the slang and everything. But as a story, it's not all that good. It's really not. And they, again, there was no story in the games. It's just basically okay. So you, uh, Marion gets kidnapped in the first one, right? And the whole point is okay. You gotta rescue her. Okay. Like every video game ever back then was just essentially nobody had more imagination than oh a girl got kidnapped you got to save her that's literally that was it every game but Metroid like it's like ridiculous yeah absolutely Um, in the second game she gets murdered but gets resurrected at the end out I don't know how that works works, but but whatever Um, so that is basically the whole movie in a nutshell. And the, the movie takes place in 2007, and 
I'm glad 2007 did not look like the way it did in this movie. <laughs> like uh, very, very apocalyptic. Very apocalyptic. Yeah, it's a post-apocalyptic movie. Like, it, totally unnecessary to even do that with Double Dragon. Well, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, like, almost almost everything in this movie is unnecessary for Double Dragon. <laughs> from but, the uh, start of the movie. <laughs> from the start of the movie, yeah. And you had, like, some uh, special uh, appearances from uh, Vanna White, Andy Dick, um, George Hamilton. George Hamilton, yep, yep. He was like one of the, the news anchors. Yeah. Um uh Julia Nixon. Uh who else is in the movie? Um there was another one I can't remember off the top of my head, but like the, the main one for me was Vanna White and Andy Dick. And uh yeah, Vanna White and George Hamilton were like news anchors, and Andy Dick was the yeah. weatherman. It was the weatherman, yeah. And it was like really acid bizarre. rain and and yeah. you're getting you black go, rain today, like yeah, black okay. rain, and like yeah. you can't go swimming because the water will in the canal <laughs> so will, will yeah. is too toxic, it'll eat right through your yeah. face. Yeah, give so, you diarrhea uh, for a month <laughs> for for a week, <laughs> you start losing your hair. Oh no, <laughs> oh no. Um, the only enemy that I can think of, uh, that's in this movie that's also in the games is a Bobo, and the way how they did a Bobo was absolutely ridiculous. Hilarious, hilarious. Yeah, it's hilarious because again, very nineties and very ridiculous. Um, so he starts off as he's just like a regular punk, like he's like a he's in a gang, he has a mohawk, which he doesn't have in the game. Um, they end up mutating him <laughs> into this freaking like they, they he, he he's like a mutant like throughout the rest of the movie. He's like he, they made him into a mutant. He's supposed to have like the strength of ten men, and it looks like he has the strength of a million men. I don't know. <laughs> it uh, looks like he can't. I mean, he definitely can't scratch his nose. There's just no do, way he, he can't even freaking walk. Yeah, like, I know. What the they hell? Basically turned him into like a, a pile of bricks, and they're like, yeah. "Okay, have at it. You're so strong. You're freaking right. muscles." Right. Got it. The guys like, you, like you can like literally hear him take, like, you hear him like heavy breathing, like throughout the entire scene that he's chasing the, the Lee brothers. He's like, it's <gasps> like so like slowly walk. He's like. <gasps> how how do they think this was a good idea i don't know i i think it's so funny like so i'd never seen this movie i watched it today um luckily it's free on youtube, on YouTube. So that's how it. i watched it yeah so i watched it on lunch so yeah. okay like i so first a bobo is a guy and then they mutate him like you said okay so when he's yeah. first a guy and he like he, he's already strong and big or whatever and then robert patrick takes him and he's like oh you failed me but i'm gonna mutate you into this strength of 10 men and then there's this like shot where they're they're leading him down into this basement lab or something and then they show this like i don't know this chair that he's uh, apparently gonna just sit in and become mutated but it's not like a super scary looking chair it's not like it's a chair full of needles and spikes and fire or something it's just kind of like not that impressive, but it, it sort of has this like clamshell design where like the top of it opens. So clearly he's going to sit and then the top's going to like go back down onto him or something. Yeah. But like, it's, it's really just not a scary visual at it's all. Not, it's not. And they're marching him towards it and he sees it. And then the top of the chair opens and then they go back to a Bobo's face and he just screams. And it's like the funniest <laughs> shit. 
He's like, ah, it's totally like the troll to, oh my God. Like, yes. it's just one of those moments yeah. where like, okay, there's no effing way that this guy has enough information to make him scream. There's just, he, he's this huge dude. Like, there's no way he screams just like willy nilly. It would have to be a very scary thing to make this guy scream. Oh my God. It was just. It was just so freaking funny. I have to say, though, they used a Bobo in his costume, in his, like, mutated form, way more than I thought they would. Like, compared to a character that I'm going to talk about in my first pick, which is kind of similar, like, the amount of screen time is massive for a Bobo. He shows up, like, pretty quickly after being mutated. Yes, they have a fight. Yeah. And then he shows up like another few times and then like they even make you feel bad for him and they turn him into like this sympathetic character where he's like, he's got a scene where he's like in the bathroom, like crying in front of the mirror at what he's become. And right. it's like right. the funniest right. shit. Like, right. That was like, you're right. That was like, that was like the, the turning point for him. That's when he's like, okay, oh my this God. Is what they so did to me. And now oh I got to that, that he, this guy doesn't like light. This so, like light, turn lights on. <laughs> oh yeah, the bad guy because he's a shadow yeah, boss, right? Shadow boss, yeah. <laughs> um, oh my god, so funny. I also have to say, a Bobo's like body, his his costume was really like 360, and there's a shot when he's looking in the mirror, you see him from behind, and he has this butt. They gave him like this weird a bobo butt. This <laughs> like part of the costume. He's got this weird little shelf butt. That sticks way the hell out. It's like, oh my god, somebody smoked a Bobo's ass, and like, <laughs> oh my god, it's just it's so funny, like so. Oh my funny. god, yeah. <clears throat> oh my god, yeah. Also, I thought this movie is fucking terrible, but I super enjoyed it. Like, right? It's, I enjoy it like on the terrible samurai cop way. level. Yeah, like it's yeah. better than samurai cop, like in a million, like by a million. And I I like yeah. Samurai Cop, so I'm like, well, I can't I can't like Samurai Cop and not like this. That's not fair. Like this is this is bad and fun too. Like it is. It's, yeah. it's it's so good. It's so bad. It's good. I don't know. I I liked it. That's how I'm looking at it. Yeah, it is so bad. It's good. Nailed it around the head. Um. So yeah, that's basically it for Double Dragon. I, I um, also mentioned. I've never heard of it. There, there is a blonde lady in the in the movie, and she does have a whip. So that means that she is the oh, character Linda. Linda, yes. Uh, I right. guess that must have been her name in the movie. I don't even remember, but I just looked up the Double Dragon enemies. There is a whip girl. There's always a whip girl because that's just a, an unwritten rule in beat 'em ups. There's a girl, one girl enemy, and she's gonna have a whip. There's totally. just gonna yes. be. Yeah, she is token whip girl. Yeah, Linda, Linda Lash. Like, yes. why? Why is that a thing? So, but did you catch the moment where Linda walks up all saucy with this line? She's been saving up and she's like, mmm. And she's like tasting it before she gets there. She's like, mmm, this is going to be so delicious. And she walks right up to Alyssa Milano's face and she's like, who's the boss now? <laughs> oh, damn, them tasty burns. <laughs> oh my god uh, yes. <laughs> and you know what Alyssa Milano says you know what she says back not a goddamn thing nothing what do you say to that what do you say to that the movie just lets that breathe they're like oh no no this 
is so good. We are letting that. We're letting that one. This is Linda's time to shine. Yeah, the only time she shined. Oh my god, that one moment. Um, Billy Lee is a complete shit piece. I hate him so much. Oh, he's unlikable from second one. Yep. The the movie starts out and they're in this like fight pit. Not like some tournament or something. Yeah. Right, and I mean, because in the game, like like you said, the first game anyway, Jimmy, who's supposed to have blonde hair, but whatever, yeah. is the bad one. So they're like the double dragon, but he's the bad one. And then in the rest of the games, they're like, uh, yeah, they they made up. You know, it's okay. Like we know that he like punched Marianne in the stomach and then hauled her off and kidnapped her, but he's a good guy now. So like, yeah, we're just gonna ignore that that happened in the first game. Because two player, but um, so in this one, in this movie, like Jimmy Lee is by far the better brother. He's like actually a martial artist, first of all, Mark Tacascos, yeah. like actually knows what he's doing. Scott Wolf did absolutely not. So they would constantly yeah. like have Mark Tacascos being awesome, like do like cool karate and stuff, and then they'd go to Billy, and you're like, oh yeah, and now you're it's your turn, right? And he would do something goofy. Like there was one part where there was a big gumball machine. He's like gum and then he like smashes it and like all the gumballs come out and like the bad guy trips on the gumballs and like that was his contribution to the fight meanwhile you know Dacascos is like Jar Jar Binks move of like whoopsie doodle I did something helpful that's pretty much (laughs) the whole thing yeah Yeah. he's just completely useless but in that opening scene when they're like fighting they're in a tournament and the Lee brothers lose and then the winner guys are holding a trophy. It's like a, a real thing. It's not like this illegal thing. There's a trophy. You don't have yeah. trophies in illegal fight pits. You have just money and that's it. So, and I know this from experience. So he's walking away with this trophy, the bad, the opponent dude, whatever. And he's like, he says something like to cheese the, the Lee brothers off. He's like, way to go losers or something, you know, stupid. Oh yeah. yeah. There's a lot of buttheads in this. A lot of yeah. buttheads thrown around in this movie. Yes. Okay, nice. butthead. Um, so, so he says he says whatever he says to cheese off Billy and then Billy attacks him he attacks him just because he said like like way to go losers or something like that Yeah. and then Jimmy rolls his eyes he's like oh here we go again and they both start attacking the winners like not right. in the tournament anymore they're just straight up mugging them because right. they want the trophy, I guess. I don't. I'm like, these are the bad guys. The Lee brothers suck. But really, <laughs> oh, it's it's Billy. Billy. Billy's Billy was awful. Yeah. The whole freaking yeah. movie, he sucked. The Cascos yeah. is great though. He's always great. Oh yeah, absolutely. And he but, and he got to be uh, the main bad guy in John Wick Three, which was super cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, for sure. All right. Awesome. So. Uh, I bet. <laughs> okay. Oh, I, I, can, I can say a word. Uh, so, th- so this is this right here. This pick I literally knew nothing about before this episode, and um, was looking at all the different movies that have been made based on games, and was surprised that there was a handful that I had just never heard of and didn't even know the game. Uh, so this this movie is called "It Came from the Desert." And uh, it is a game from 1989 uh, that was on Amiga. It was on DOS, uh, and it was later ported to the TurboGrafx-16. But um, it was basically like a cinematic point-and-click adventure game uh, 
But the whole premise of it was, you know, heavily inspired by old 50s monster movies and retro sci-fi. Um, very specifically, the 1954 movie Them with the giant ants in the desert. Um, that's mm. just literally what the story is of the game. Is a yeah. meteorite crash lands and then there's <clears throat> these giant mutant ants that are attacking the town and, and all this other stuff. Um, I would highly recommend watching a playthrough of it came from the desert um like on the amiga version or anything because it it is pretty cool it, um it, kind of a, looks, it looks like a doom type of game almost at least the one the ones that i'm looking at so there's only a few sections where it's like a where you shoot at an ant okay, most of the time yeah, it's like you're traveling back and forth between buildings talking to people getting you know information learning what's going on it's like very mm. text heavy um but the graphics okay. are great it's it's really cool uh, and uh, it's made by this company called Cinemaware, and I guess that they are pretty well known, pretty well liked um, for a lot of their kind of adventure games like this. Um, but a movie based on this game was released in 2017, um, like, and what? so random, right? I mean, 1989 oh, to, to 2017. And I should I should mention the Turbo Graphics version of this game is totally different. The DOS and the Amiga version are like I described the Turbo Graphics version it was actually for the cd add-on and it has all full motion video and um like you know live action and all this other stuff so that game already was trying to go for a more like cinematic approach um yeah. but i feel like that's that aged worse than the actual game did than the original game um but yeah so the movie from 2017 came out and it is uh, as far as i know it it seems like it is entirely a finnish production uh, of or pertaining to Finland, um, uh, it was it was directed by Marco Makilakso, uh, who's a Finnish writer and director. Uh, sorry for butchering that. Um, but so you know the the movie starts out and it's like it's vaguely reminiscent. It's like okay, you have a bunch of people. They're in the desert. They're you know having a party and and doing all this drinking and stuff like that. Um, there is a pretty heavy emphasis on like motocross like very quickly which is weird because like the original game took place in 1950 something you know it was like it was of the time period i think it would took place in 1951 um and so this is like okay very quickly you're like this is modern day you know we're having a kegger in the mm -hmm. desert with motocross and stuff so at first yeah. i was like uh this just feels like it's going to be something really different i don't know um but it it honestly gets better. Um, I feel like the best way to describe the movie is it's kind of like any you know any of the movies that we like to make fun of that it's like it's a B movie. It's never taking itself seriously, but also it's entirely entertaining. Um, and and you're you're having fun and they do a decent job with a variety of things. I will say that the main two uh, guy characters, Brian and Lucas, they both suck. Uh, Brian is just like this very wormy, nerdy, like insecure guy. Uh, and he has a big crush on their friend Lisa, who's like super smart, but he's like so insecure. He can't possibly bring himself to not be a total fucking Wiener McGee in front of her at all times. Uh, and then Lucas is like the epitome of a 
total party guy, jock, dude, bro. You know, Brian thinks he's so cool because he's so so awesome at riding motocross and all this other stuff. And it's like, man, these these characters suck something fierce. They're 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 bad. Uh, but like, you know, whatever. Um, so ultimately, what ends up happening is Brian and Lucas go away from the party, and they are. Um, they're looking around and they find this truck that's abandoned on the other side of this big chasm. And they look down in the chasm and they see like a, a cave entrance and Lucas is drunk. And so he's like, let's go down there, man. And Brian's like, um, I think that's like a really bad idea though. And he's like, no, there's probably beer. And so they go <laughs> down into this cave. Here. Oh, I can't. <laughs> Sorry. I muted the tab. and. <laughs> It didn't mean to I was gonna say that's the downside of you having your microphone on your laptop. It's I hear everything. I mean, I don't know why I did that. I, I wanted to look at gameplay of this uh, this game. Yeah, yeah, no, no, as you as you should. Um, but yeah, so they go down into this cave and they find out that it is a tunnel that connects to this abandoned uh, facility. And there's there's some you know logo for for the company there. Uh, I, I'm forgetting what the company's name was, but there there's branding for it and stuff. And they're like, oh my god, this is like this is a company that makes stuff for the government. They're like a really big deal. And I heard that there was a plant around here somewhere, but that it got like shut down or whatever. Um, and so they go in and they they dig further and further, and they end up finding like this hallway of all these different test chambers and stuff. And uh, inside one of them, it's like uh, it's called like. Each one's labeled, and this one says batch nine, and they go inside of it, and uh, yeah, they full on get like Jurassic Parked, like trapped in this room, but instead of it being a Velociraptor, it's a giant ant, mm -hmm. and uh, and Lucas even makes a comment. He's like, "Holy shit, man! I can't believe it. We're like, this is literally Jurassic Park right now. It's like one of those movies where they reference all the things that they're obviously referencing. Right. Um, so it, it doesn't count as being ripped off as if you call yourself out on it. Call it out. It's cool. So uh, yeah, so they do that, and uh, I I will say that the special effects of the ants are really fucking good. Um, I was super surprised, and they don't just look like ants like they're definitely an ant creature um, but they have like different faces and, and stuff like that um i was really impressed i think it's cg but it might be some practical effects i, I think it's mostly cg um, but they do look great and uh and what ends up happening is that their their friend lisa ends up looking for them and she follows the breadcrumb trail that the guys have left of like okay well there's your bikes and there's footprints in the sand so you know she finds them and uh and basically uh, i think i think they had talked on the um walkie talkies too or something but she comes in and she just like beats the shit out of this ant with a sledgehammer and then she's just like what the fuck is going on can someone please explain what the hell i just did <laughs> and uh and so then it just kind of goes on from there and um so what what was the turn so i already was enjoying the movie at this point i'm like okay this is fun this is a fun enough thing that's like similar enough but what really was the turning point for me was when they discovered some they, they discovered like a computer or something that that uh, they were able to play like this video. And it was just like an it was a, a log from one of the uh, the scientists there. And the scientist goes on to explain what they were doing and everything that happened in the past leading up to it. And it directly references all of the events that happened in the original game. So oh, wow. Like, so he's like 50 years ago a meteorite landed outside the town of lizard's breath 
and it created a huge you know mutation of radioactivity and caused these huge ants to start attacking and it was you know a really horrible event um but you know me and some other scientists here were able to capture the ants and study them uh and and basically learn from them and you know they're trying to understand them and, and potentially harvest them use them for good use them for not weaponize them that was actually a, a neat distinction as they were like oh you're probably going to use them for for like you know weapons or whatever and they were they were they had a more like altruistic reason for it like whether it was like construction or something they were tr they were trying to just harness them like a resource and i was like okay that's different um and yeah they like legitimately name drop the town the exact goings-ons mentions the exact year that the first game took place and so that's so cool in, in this one scene it's like wow this just became so much more legitimate this totally legitimized itself now as like a far-flung sequel rather than being inspired by right. a, a reboot or anything like that. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, holy shit. You know, I couldn't believe that they they mentioned Lizard's Breath because when if you watch a playthrough of the game, right away they mention, you know, Town of Lizard's Breath, and it's like that's such a weird town name. Uh, and, yeah, so I, I thought that was great. And then the rest of the movie just kind of becomes more of like a fun action movie. Um, they're in this base, and they actually end up meeting up with the scientist guy who they, they had seen on this video. Um, and he tells them about some experimental weaponry that they had and they, they go, they find these guns and they do, you know, kind of like the aliens thing where it's like, okay, great. Now we got guns and we got a bunch of these things and we can just fuck shit up. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun. It was really nice. a lot of fun. And I, awesome. um, there, there's only two different types of ants that I, like, I really strongly remember. Um, one of them is just like the normal one. And then one of them is this huge ass one that has wings. Uh, I don't know if it's really supposed to be the queen or not. Um, but I mean, like I said, they, they look great. And the winged one looks really cool. They, they did such a good job on that. Um, so, you know, all things said, like, I, I think it's a great movie, like for, for all the things it tried to do, it went from being just like a campy B movie that was all right to like, wow, this is a weirdly genuine love letter to this old ass game. Um, and that's super cool. And, uh, and the other thing that's super random, uh, is that. Uh, the almost every song in the movie, every song is a song by the band Santa Cruz, and mm -hmm. I seen Santa Cruz in concert. Uh, they're just a like a metal band from Finland that is going for that kind of like '80s, early <clears throat> '90s hair hair metal sort of style, but like with more modern trappings. I remember you talking and, about them. Yeah, yeah, I saw them with Amaranth um, at the Palladium one time. I just went to a show by myself because I was <laughs> like, I really want to see this. Uh, so I went and I, I ended up loving Santa Cruz. I think that they're they're actually super good. And yeah, like the, the first first scene of the movie, they're at this party and they're listening to a song. San, Santa Cruz is playing in the background. I'm like, no way. What? This is so random. And that was when I first got my inkling. I'm like, I wonder if this movie is from Finland mm -hmm. and because uh, Santa Cruz is from Finland. And uh, and then like three or four other songs appear throughout the movie, and I'm like, this is freaking crazy. This is so weird. Um, but it was it was definitely awesome, good high energy music. But yeah, it came from the desert from 2017. I am I am really like I was happy to have watched it and also had watched the game because uh, mm -hmm. I think I appreciated it like <clears throat> way more, even not having played the game myself. Right. But yeah, it, it's it's cool. So how did you watch it? <laughs> Uh, so I was able to watch it on YouTube. Um, it is available for rent, but there was a YouTube version that was in full. Um, and there was 
there was nothing like off about the quality or anything. It was totally fine. Um, obviously, here we are in a podcast promoting, you know, creative people. So I definitely would like to get the movie, um, if nothing else. Uh, renting it, you know, paying a few dollars is, I'm sure, appreciated. But uh, yeah, I mean, after after checking this out, I'm like, I, I like this movie. I, I would get it. Um, nice. But yeah, I I was very happy. It came from the desert. See, you know what's funny? Um, you were talking about this as one of your picks, and I just it didn't sound familiar at all to me. But um, mm-hmm. remember, like back in the day, I did I was like messing around with Amiga as a like for emulation. It was, yep, it's really yes. it's really really difficult to emulate Amiga to because do. because it. Uh, it, it was on floppy disks and there were often multiple floppy disks per game and you didn't put them in like when you needed to switch to the next one like cds work you put them in at the same time at the beginning so you need like you need to load like multiple rom files at the same time and sometimes it just doesn't work and yeah it, it was really like pretty difficult to emulate amiga and uh but i i did like seeing the graphics of it now i played this game I didn't play it much. I played it once, and I thought Jeez. it seemed wicked cool. Yeah, and I wanted to go the back. Graphics are so good; they're really super right. good. Yeah, and it looks like there's uh, so the version. I don't know. I don't think you said this at the beginning. Maybe you did, but the version that's for the the Genesis Mega Drive is a completely different game. It's a Genesis top Genesis Mega. There's a Turbo Graphics one. Yeah, so there's one for the Genesis Mega Drive, uh, and it's a top-down shooter. It is a completely different game, but it's still called It Came From the Desert. It's still guys versus giant ants, but it's a like top down Akari Warriors looking type shooter. Which oh, that's weird because yeah. I don't. It's super I, I cool. Mean, like I want to play that too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I on the Wikipedia page, I just see PC like DOS, Amiga, and Turbo Graphics. Um, I don't see anything for the Mega Drive, but that's that's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, the Amiga version does have some top down sections, like, like the way it works is like every so often you'll get into a fight and you'll either have to, um, there'll be like one giant ant that you fight first person style, like doom. It it looks very clunky, like moving the gun around and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, but whatever they were, they were going for variety of like what, like this, this company's cinema where was trying Mm -hmm. to really like, how can we make a game that feels like a movie and has all these very different parts? It's not just a driving game or, or platformer. Mm -hmm. It's like you have all these different sections. You have big sections where you're talking to people and then you have a section where a fight happens. You have, you know, these different things as they're needed. So I'm like, that's really cool that they did that and tried to switch things up. But yeah, so there are sections where it's like top down and you're just a guy throwing grenades at ants. And then there's like first person sections. Um, But so uh, apparently oh. the Sega Gen- uh, the Mega Drive was unreleased, <clears throat> um, okay. um, but there are videos of it being played on YouTube. There are long play okay. Genesis long play games. So I don't know if it was unreleased, but somebody found the ROM at some point, and maybe that's what happened. Yeah, must have must have been a situation where like a, there was like a ROM dump. Star Fox like, yeah. situation. That that's wicked yeah. cool. No, there's like there's no information about this version on uh, on Wikipedia at all. So that's that's super neat. Um, actually, another interesting Genesis game that was never released is called Time Tracks. So there's there's a, a variety mm-hmm. of games like that where they're just like this is a super cool thing that like the internet knows about, but it never yeah. came out. Yeah, um, but, I don't know. But, right. but anyway, 
Very cool. I feel like, you know, as a as the B movie guy, like I, you know, should love this. Um, yeah, I, I think you should definitely check out a long play yeah. if you have a chance I and, want you know, to watch see the, the movie. Yeah, I'd watch yeah. it again. It was fun. Um, but yeah. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Such a different out of left field pick, my God. Right. Yeah. I know. I, I was like, well, you know, I was initially thinking of doing like the Doom movies or something like that. And then I don't know. It's just like looking at the list of movies and I'm like, ah, I don't know. I'll, I'll just I'll learn about something I don't know anything about. Um, yeah, and, you that's, know, that's full really full disclosure. Cool. My second pick is another one that I, I had no familiarity with. But it's like it was kind of fun to be like, all right, let's let's get into something I don't know anything about. Right. Um, yeah. Nice. Sometimes like the research we do for the podcast is like is so great because it just provides an excuse to, to explore different things that you wouldn't otherwise. There's so many things that like I'm watching or whatever, you know, if it's a weird thing in the house and like, you know, one of my girls will walk past and I'll be like, this is for the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Nice. But that's right. Parasite Steve. Yes, sir. Um, So, you know, we we got a we got a, a sandwich here in this first this first half where the bread is super familiar and the meat was mystery meat. Mystery um, meat. So we're we're Maybe we're on the other shabibin. bread now. That's that's a shabiban, right? That's a shabiban. Um, <laughs> that's it. So I think there were two really super obvious picks that I felt like had to be picked. And I only picked one of them. Um, so my second pick in the second half is a little bit less obvious. But in this one, it's like, well, it either had to be Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. or Street Fighter. I mm-hmm. Like, you guys weren't picking them. So I'm like, well, <sighs> I, I mean, come on. Like, everybody right. knows these movies. Right. Yeah. So I chose Street Fighter. And... Um, the reason is because um, I I think it's been longer since I've seen Street Fighter, and I was more curious to check it out again, um, just like the Double Dragon sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I I did. So I watched it again. First time in a long time. So Street Fighter came out in 1994, um, famously starred Jean-Claude Van Damme as Colonel William F. Guile, and also, uh, you know, just a crap load of people because virtually every character from the games is here, like from the first couple, you know, from Street Fighter 2, essentially, and Turbo Edition. Uh, the only one who's not is, uh, what's his name, Feng Long or something? The Bruce Lee dude? Yeah, Fei Bruce Long. Lee dude's not in here. Fei, yeah, none of the characters from, uh, from uh, Street Fighter Super or Super Street Fighter 2 are in his No, season. they are. Oh, that's right. Cammy's in it. That's right. Well, they they all are except for him. Oh, yeah. oh, because yeah, because oh, there's only three they added. Yeah, so T Bird's in it. Yeah. So anyway, um, it's it's literally just he he's the only one I think up through Super that isn't in here in some capacity. Um, so we have uh, Ming Na Wen as Chun Li, and uh, obviously Ming Na is still. Very much working today. She's become yeah. pretty famous, pretty crazy. Famous mm-hmm. um, uh, I don't know all these these names though, but it's it's pretty funny. Uh, Damien Chapa as Kenneth Ken Masters, Kylie Minogue as Lieutenant Cami White, 
Byron Mann as Ryuichi or Ryu Hoshi. Mm -hmm. And and they do say Ryu in this movie. They say Ryu. Huh. Uh, Roshan, Roshan Seth as Dr. Dalsim. Grant, his name is Grand. Gr not Grant, but Grand? with a D. Grand L. Bush as Gerard Balrog. Uh, Robert Mamone as Carlos Charlie Blanca. We will get to him in a minute. Um, Greg Rainwater as Sergeant Thunderhawk. His first name is just Thunder. Uh, and his, his the actor's last legitimate last name is Rainwater. Super great. Um, wow. And I, I'm not going to be able to get this right. Peter Tuasosopo. 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 As Edmund Honda. And he is definitely a, uh, a Hawaiian man. So, okay. The thing, I'm not going to go through the, the plot of the movie because it doesn't fucking matter. The, the, the plot is so stupid and right. so barely yeah. there. And, and, and basically, this is the thing that I want to talk about. This movie feels like to me, you know, when Disney and their old cartoons or sometimes video games where they would like recast one of their existing characters as a totally different character, like, you know, Goof Troop, you know, Goofy is suddenly now in a sitcom with like, he has a son, right. he has all these people. That's not yeah. what Goofy was. Or if back in the day, you'd have Goofy as the, the guy that didn't talk in all those informational sports cartoons, like learning to ski and learning how to play basketball. Like they never said the name Goofy. He was never goofy in those ca cartoons. He was just the guy that they used. I don't know. So it's it, or like in video games, Donald Duck. Donald get, Duck gets used in a lot of things. He gets used in Quackshot. Uh, he gets used in Cold Shadow. Like these are not. They don't really truly feel like Donald Duck. Really, like Donald Duck isn't wearing his typical clothes, his blue sailor costume. He's he's just very different. But it's like oh, but it's Donald Duck playing a role that's what it feels like it feels yeah. like it's donald duck or goofy they're playing a role like as if they are an actor just like in you know who framed roger rabbit or something like that where they're tunes that get jobs and they actually go and they they get hired to be different types of roles right that's the feeling i get with this movie it feels like everybody from the game is there Right. But they got hired to be random fucking jobs. Right. What they're doing right. is like irrelevant to who they It's are. like, it's just Street Fighter soup. They're like, okay, well, we know the main bad guy is M. Bison. Okay, cool. Um, oh, that's right. The four there is a fourth guy in Super Street Fighter 2. It's DJ. He's in the he's in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, they're like, all right, well, how are we gonna group all the so okay, and Bison's the main bad guy, and we're gonna say the hero is Guile, which is a weird choice because really, let's face it. I mean, obviously Ryu should be the main character, so it's like, why would you not have this be the Ryu and Ken movie? It it just literally makes no sense. But okay, you're telling me Guile is the hero. All right, I guess because he's American and Hollywood's in America and whatever. Yeah, that's why I was thinking that too. That's probably the reason. But why. they hire a freaking guy from Brussels who can barely speak English to save his life to be the American character. I mean, like yeah. the choices in this movie are so bonkers and all the accents are terrible. I mean, terrible. The guy, I mean, they, they, they picked a, uh, a Spanish actor 
a Latino actor to be DJ, who's supposed to be from Jamaica. His Jamaican accent is so incredibly terrible. He's like, okay, General. Okay. Okay, General. You're like, what? I'm like, I mean, so bad. And he just randomly works for M. Bison because it's soup. It's just soup. They they fit them in in random fucking ways that don't make any sense. Zangief also works for Bison. So wouldn't you think that like Bison's main generals would be like the other original bosses? Like, wouldn't you think like, oh, well, Sagat and Vega and, and Balrog, those will be the bad guys. That would make some sense, right? Yeah. No, no. Balrog is a cameraman who works for Chun-Li, who's a reporter, but secretly a spy. So it's like, again, what role do you want them to play? It could be anything. It's like literally anything. And uh, Ryu and Ken are at least together for the whole time, but they're arms dealers. They're they're like bad guys. They're arms dealers. They're like illegal arms dealers who are selling their guns to Sagat only they accidentally no no it's not they they sell him water pistols on purpose as <laughs> if to screw him over at the beginning yeah. of the movie and it's i mean like it is so dumb and so goofy and so much does not matter at all and then they eventually kind of through all the weird shit going on they make you know steer all the characters into a couple camps and you know it just is the good guys versus the bad guys and whatever so i mean oh my god it is just awful um i would say that there is some fun to be had on the samurai cop level on that so bad it's good level there's definitely some fun to be had i do think that even though it came out around the same time as double dragon because what what year was that was that 93 i think it was also 94 yeah. also 94 yeah. so it, it's like i would say that in some ways it's better um but like it's not, it never gets as cheesy. I, well, it is so cheesy. I don't know. I think in some ways it's better, but it's also less fun. Like I think Double Dragon is so stupid that it's like more self-aware. I don't think this was self-aware. I think that it struggled with a lot of things. Obviously, we you know we said video game adaptations got better. They started out, they weren't super good. We had Mario Brothers to build on. It's like you know barely anything in there from the game so technically this had more in it from the game i mean their costumes were sometimes accurate i mean guile for some reason had his blue turbo colors instead of the green i can't imagine why they decided to do that but whatever uh chun li was wearing red she never wore her blue yeah, um so weird by the and end of the movie the game if you if if there were two Chen Li's, one was a red one, I think. One was, well, in pink. She was pink, pink. in the original. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she wears red in the movie. But, um, so, I don't know. It's it's just, just kind of weird. Um, but, uh, you know, it, there is more from the game technically in there. But none of the relationships make any sense. They tried to at least group Brian and Ken, like I said. So, that's good. They also did uh, something with... with uh, Guile and his friend Charlie. Now, obviously, we know Charlie showed up in like Street Fighter Alpha and he became his own character. Um, but in the old game, I think he was just like a line in the story or something for Guile. I remember there was yes, something about yeah, like, at the end of the game after you beat Bison, 
Oh, he his ending. Okay. Uh, do you remember me? And do you remember Charlie? And whatever. Okay. So it's from his ending then. Yeah. So in this, the, okay, there's this scene I have to describe. So we're, we need to talk about Blanca. Okay, we need to, we need we need to sit down. We need to talk about Blanca. Yeah, talk about the Blanca in the room. Let's talk, let's talk about yeah. the Blanca. <laughs> the, the the we need to talk about the mutated Brazilian eel man in the in the room. So um okay. I mean he's a monkey man, but he's got electric eel powers. Okay, whatever. So um okay. So like we have the scene where Guile is being interviewed by the press and he gives the speech that I gave in the opening quote and he he threatens bison. And and uh Oh no, you know what? It's a different speech. But he talks to the camera and he, and he and he calls out Bison. He's like, he's like, Bison, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. And uh, and you you're too scared to talk to me. And uh, and blah blah whatever he says. And then Bison fucking calls him right there on the spot. He like sees it live, and somehow guy like knew this was gonna happen. Like he's like, Oh, he took the bait. Oh, he took the bait. Try trace the call, trace the call. He took the bait. And so, like, bison calls him somehow on the he's being interviewed. There's no phone, there's no PA system. There's there's literally it, it makes bison no sense. He just starts like talking to him through the, the TV, but Remember, Guile's not watching a TV. He's being recorded with a camera. Oh, my God. So, and then they start to have this conversation. But, of course, it's facilitated through us, for us through the movie. So, it's just, oh, one shot, another shot. It doesn't matter. that There's no possible way for those two shots to make any sense. But, so, anyway. So, they have, like, this, uh, like, uh, uh, blah, blah. And I'm going to get you. And, uh, oh, no, you're not. No, blah, blah. And so, Guile ends it by saying, like, what a dickhead move, first of all. But he ends it. And he's like, "Charlie, I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to get you, Charlie." And uh, like, way to go! Way to like throw a fucking target on your buddy's back, there, pal. He has to, like he's on the phone with Bison for God's sakes. So anyway, so then Bison turns around. He's like, he's like, hmm. And of course, we have to say Raul jo Raul Julia's last role. Um, obviously, this movie's terrible. But everybody who worked on the movie said he gave it his all. He was an absolute joy to work with. Apparently, so is Kylie Minogue, who was supposedly just so great. Uh, Van Damme was apparently the worst. He was coked out of his mind the entire production. He was apparently so awful. He was spending like $10,000 a week at that point in time on cocaine. He said that Jesus. like later in life, he admitted this. Oh. He was supposedly so terrible, Every, like between his ego and his drug use, like he would sometimes not show up on set or he'd be super late and the director would have to just randomly be like, well, we're three hours late with filming. Let's see, can we film something else today? And he would just have to figure it out. So I think there was just so many problems with this movie in general, but yeah, <clears throat> yeah Van Damme was a big problem. But um, so anyway, so, so Bison turns around after hearing like, oh, you know, I'm coming for you, Charlie. He turns around and there is just, they're loading some like prisoners of war like in like they're marching him past the command center where he's standing because it's super convenient. And so he turns around and he's like, Charlie, hmm? Charlie. And he's like, come here, random soldier. And then so this random soldier comes up and, and he like plucks his name tag off his off his lapel. And he's or maybe it's a dog tag. And he looks at it and he says, Carlos Blanca. Charlie. 
Ah, oh, so God, what? thank you, Charlie. Is he's gonna rescue you? Mm, I'll show him. Take him to the mutant factory lab. <laughs> like, um, he, with one hundred percent confidence, makes the leap and is like, Charlie Carlos, this is definitely the guy. This is a hundred percent Charlie. I mean, is Charlie a nickname for no. Carlos? What do you named Carlos goes by Charlie? I don't think it is. I don't think anybody named Carlos goes by Charlie. And if they do, I mean, clearly Charles is the more common one. But even if his name was fucking Charles, I still think that is not actually enough evidence for him to be so positive in that right. moment. It is. Uh, you happen to have a name similar to the name. Oh, my God. Is it is. It is the stupidest shit in the world. So anyway, also Raul Julia said he did this movie specifically. So he had stomach cancer so bad during this movie. He couldn't, he couldn't hardly move. You can tell like there's no, he doesn't fight. There's no way for him to fight. Um, and uh, his family was with him the entire suit, the entire shoot. They were with him like every day. And uh, he said he just wanted his kids to be able to like a movie that he made. Um, because he always made grown-up movies and he had little kids, and uh so he he made Street Fighter for his kids, um, and then he died a few months later. He didn't even he didn't even live to, to the, the point movie. where the movie was released. Wow. Um, so his yeah. little kids were little at that time, and they he specifically worked like to his deathbed, not because this movie was worth it, but because it was a movie that his kids would hopefully like. So yeah. that's awesome. Yes. Right. Yeah. What a guy. Um, but so anyway, so continuing the line of Blanca. So Blanca gets marched to the mutant lab. And they like put him in this like conditioning chamber, like, you know, something out of Clockwork Orange where they're pumping video into his eyeballs or whatever. And it's really just stock footage from World War II. That's all it is. I mean, it's it's, you know, not even atrocities. It's like just explosions and soldiers like doing maneuvers with firearms and like i don't know there's like nothing really it's kind of like just it's just rapid fire keeps changing but there's nothing really there but you're supposed to believe that they're they're showing him such sights that his brain will break and uh and uh he'll be able to become evil with this conditioning he will be the perfect evil soldier but <clears throat> Stock footage won't do it alone. Nay, nay. No. So they have to bring in the mutagen and then they pump that into them. And so throughout the movie, they keep showing us Blanca's progress, right? So <clears throat> the whole movie, like you keep seeing him and then like eventually his, his, his face changes, but he's got like this machine in front of his face. So you never see his full face. You see the edges, you see his hair and, and he's pretty accurate. I mean, he, he doesn't look good. He doesn't look good at all, but he is pretty accurate. They did like at least try to make it look correct. Right. Yeah. So right colors, all that. Right, right colors. He's got like, you know, a prosthetic brow, he's got a bigger nose, he's you know, got the same hair as you know, he's he's all green and stuff. So he's even the right color green, it even looks like appropriate. Like so yeah. they tried, they did try. So they keep showing him, they keep showing him. And the doctor guy who's in charge of doing the experiment is Dr. Dalsim. And he is a good guy. So again, Street Fighter Soup, 
we'll make Dalsim not Dalsim. We'll make him this Indian doctor dude who's just in charge of the blanket project. Okay. Um, so he's nothing like Dalsim whatsoever. He doesn't do anything even remotely like Dalsim. He doesn't breathe fire. He doesn't stretch. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't fight. He's just a scientist. Um, but he's a good guy. And he, um, when, when nobody's looking, he quickly switches blank his feet and like puts it on bunnies and unicorns and shit. So he won't be fully evil. And, um, and then by the end, but again, we keep, we keep showing blanka, 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 blanka. So you're like, okay, there is shit going to happen. Shit is going to happen when blanket fucking finally gets fully, when he, when the microwave dings and he's ready and he comes out, it's going to be awesome. Right? So the, the good guys storm the castle at the end. And Guile finds his way to Charlie, and uh, Charlie, and and Blanca gets. Oh yeah, that's right. Previously to that, I skipped one scene. He gets one scene where he finally breaks out. Microwave dings. He breaks out, and you see his face. And it's not that impressive. And then, but there's a bad guy, uh, one of the hench dudes, and he's like, uh, he's he's beating on Doctor Dalsum, and so Blanca goes over and roughs the guy up and like throws him, and then. That's it. It's really, really quick. Not an important character, just a rando, like henchman. And so then him and him and Dalsum go or whatever, and uh, you're like, okay, they're buddies now. And then the good guys storm the castle. Then finally we get the reunion between Guile and Charlie, and Charlie attacks him, not recognizing his friend, and he he lifts Guile up in the air. Is there a fight? No. He lifts him up in the air, and then instantly. Guile looks down and he's like, he instantly recognizes that this is his friend, despite the fact. I mean, it's that, very obviously the same person. Despite <laughs> the fact that not only so has he been transformed similar. into like this mutant monkey guy, but he's played by a different fucking actor. No, so he really doesn't look like the original guy. Oh They're so my similar. God. Like be twins and double dragon. <laughs> so he, yeah, right. It's like the Abobo thing. So he looks down. And he's like, he's like, oh, and he's getting a his neck is getting choked. And he's like, oh, Charlie, it's me. It's me, your friend. Oh, William, William. Oh, oh, Charlie. And uh, and then Blanca stops and he's like, oh, what? Uh, and then he gets it all comes rushing back and he's like, oh, what have they done to you? And he's like, oh, what have they done to me? And now he talks. And then he's like, he, and then Blanca's whole thing from that point on is to whimper on the floor to wait for Guile to shoot him in the head. He's like, he's like, help me. And Guile's like, oh, I'll help you, my friend. I'll help you. Oh, this is all I can do. And then I will kill these bastards that did this to you. And they like, he's like aiming the gun at his friend's head. Doesn't try for more than five seconds to even think about any other possible outcome for that. He's just, he goes Jeez. right to shoot his friend in the head. And uh, and then Doctor Dalsum shows up and it's so fucking funny. He like puts his hand on the gun and he has no energy, no oomph to his performance at all. He's just, just like, no, no, you have no right, no. And then Gal's like, okay, I guess uh, I guess I won't I, then. I guess I don't have the right. So and then right. he goes. He's like, well, all right, well, I have bison to fight anyway. And he goes and he's like. And, and that's it for Blanca. And then Blanca shows up with Dalsum at the very, very end. Only apparently they were in an explosion because now Dalsum's hair has burned off. So they're it's like, nice oh, ball. look, we made him bald. 
Like awesome. Okay, like there's nothing like your clothes aren't burned. Blank is still has his hair. What happened to you? What what sort of a fiery explosion were you in that only specifically burned through your very Indian hair? Like, I don't understand. Like, what is this? What is the thought process? So, I mean, you could have just made him a bald guy. Like, what the fuck? But anyway, they, they at that point, now that Guile has gotten past his like gun happy fucking moment where he's going to shoot his friend in the face. Now he's like, oh, come back to America. Oh, we will we will have scientists there. We can save you. We will figure out the way to save you. Like now he goes there. And Blanca's like, no, I can't return like this. I have to go uh, walk the earth with Dr. Dalsum. And like that's what they do. And he's like, guys like, okay, I only came here for you, but uh, if you say so, okay, whatever. And then that's it. They they split ways and there's like that's it. There's no point to Blanca at all. He has no fight. He has no nothing. They just spend so much time throughout the movie checking in with him, like promising you that it's going to be awesome. And then they just wow. dump like a bunch of wet noodles in your lap. Like, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. I got what you. happened? I, I don't That's know. awful. I, I don't really have anything else to say about the movie. I just really wanted to, I needed to talk about Blanca. I needed to get that out. There's a lot to say. Yeah, yeah, very, very, yeah. Yeah, I don't have very fond memories of that movie at all. I remember watching it. Uh, we, were in, we were in high school. I think we were freshmen when that movie came out. Freshman or, or uh, sophomore? Sophomore. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I remember that was like the, the talk. And uh, with, well, with us nerds. Yeah. Uh, so I remember some people saying that they liked it for what it was, and I was just like, no. <laughs> I mean, I liked it at the time. I I, 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 did like I never it. liked it at all. Um, but did, did your did your opinion change at all after watching it? After I mean, I, 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 it's been so long. I know what a piece of shit it is. So I, I expected it to be worse. Worse. So yeah. I had. I know what a piece Some of Some fun with it, but not as much as Double Dragon, and Double Dragon sucked balls. So, like, yeah. uh, it, no, it's pretty bad. It's it's like, you don't really need to see Street Fighter. I mean, like, you don't need to see either one, but, like, right. they're close to the level of so bad it's good, but I, per, I would rather watch Double Dragon and laugh the entire time. Because right. you're not laughing the entire time with, with Street Fighter. It's frustrating. <clears throat> because right. there are some decent ideas and there are some like Vega looks really great. He looks very accurate. Mm -hmm. The guy that they got yeah. to be Vega. But the frustrating thing is like, like he almost never wears his mask. The, he's introduced in a fight scene at the beginning and they bring out his claws on a pillow. And then the crowd starts to boo. Like, they don't want him to use weapons. And then he's like, oh, no, take it away. Take it away. I mean, Vega doesn't actually talk. He has no lines, the guy. He's but, just uh, like, he's, no, no, he's no. Like, he waves it off. So you don't get to see him with his claws. And you're like, why would you bother doing that? Like, just don't. Yeah, it's a like, weird right. choice. It's a tease. It's like, right. I mean, and then he gets put in prison and he makes, like, homemade claws out of, like, bamboo and 
I don't know what he uses for the sharp parts, but like, I, I don't know. He must use the claw, but, but like at the end at one time, but I don't know he's barely in the mask and it's just like, he's, he's just there. He, what, what he really like Vegas point really is to back up Saget as his, uh, as his pretty boy, because it really looks like they're, he really looks like Saget's bitch, Saget's bitch. Like he really does. I mean, he really like there, are, there are scenes where it's like really funny how close they're standing and you're like, Oh, well, okay. That's, that's what they're doing. They, and, they're uh, <laughs> also, I do want to mention uh, Wes Studi plays Sagat. He is a native American dude. They got to play this Thai character. I don't know what they were thinking. Like the most random casting. I just, just don't. Like, but, all over the goddamn place. But Wes Studi is awesome. And technically, it's kind of a fun role for him. He uh, He's not bad. And um, <clears throat> he does look like Sagat. I mean, I guess there's no, there's not too much there. He's bald. He had the eye patch. Uh, there is a one shot, I think, when they're at his, like, pimp lounge at the beginning. When Ryu and Ken are, like, trying to sell him water pistols. Uh, where they, they he actually has the 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 reclining Buddha statue from his level, it's in the background. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the only case of that where they worked in a stage thing, and it's cool. Hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah. I mean, if you go and watch a Street Fighter movie, watch the animated one. <laughs> yeah, the original animated one is is, is so really good. good. Super really good. good. Yeah, I've never seen right. it. Awesome. It's really good. All right. So it's about that time. They're going to take a short break. But but before we do that, we have something for you to Octoponder. And this week's Octoponder is, which video game would you like to see made into a movie? So why don't you guys think about that? And uh, we'll come back. We'll give you guys our our picks and then we'll read off all of your comments on our facebook page so stick around hello and welcome to the dorkening podcast network press pound to hear the available shows that strange show throwdown thursday loose cannon with jar jar jeremy three guys that horror the new and improved Super Retro Throwback reviews the audio files 2.0. This is probably one of Dwayne's worst films. Yeah, he's allowed to have a tooth fairy every now and then, sure. Yeah, this is a tooth fairy and then some because it does not show the monsters tearing up buildings until the f last 20 minutes of the movie. That That's what right. the game is. It's fucking monsters tearing up a, fuck a fucking city. Secret Underground Hideout. Cinema with Harrison Smith, Dorks the Podcast, The Dorkening, Black and White Fright, The Wicked Horror Show. Subscribe to all these awesome shows anywhere podcasts can be found. For more information, check out thedorkening.com. Do you like retro video games? 80s and 90s toys and have a love for nostalgia. Hi, I'm Russ Lyman. What's up, guys? I'm Jay, the NES addict. Welcome to the Weekly Warp Pipe. Jump into the Warp Pipe with us and go back to revisit all the awesome things from our childhood. That's right. Every week we discuss something new like the hardest NES games. Or what it's like to get prizes out of cereal boxes. What our top 10 toys were. <laughs> Battle Beast. No, dude. It was Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. 
Cowabunga. So be sure to check out theweeklywarpipe.com for more info. And we're proud to be a part of the Dorkening Podcast Network. That's right. You can join us every Saturday at 7 a.m. for new episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. Or catch the video version on YouTube at the Weekly Warpipe channel. That's the Weekly Warpipe every Saturday at 7 a.m. The Weekly Warpipe. Do you like gaming? You know, this game would be better if it was a battle royale. Do you like technology? I bet this tech would work better if it was a battle royale. Do you like movies, TV shows, and everything else that me and Nate can't agree on? The Last Jedi was easily the best Star Wars film I have ever seen. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Everybody in this room is stupid now because of you. Talking Gaming and Tech is a bi-weekly podcast where we cover the latest and greatest in gaming and tech. Now part of the Dorkany Podcast Network. Talking Gaming and Tech is a podcast produced by Tech Prime Media. You can find us on YouTube and all their social media platforms. You can find Talking Gaming and Tech on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts from. This podcast is filmed live. If you want to check us out while we're filming live, remember to follow links on social media and your comment might be read on air. Hi, this is Stan Bush from Transformers the Movie, and you're listening to Retro Red Octopus. You got the touch. Ready to do some bacon? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo ponder this. Welcome back, everyone. Before we took a break, we asked you this week's Octoponder question, which is, which video game would you like to see made into a movie? So I will start off. Uh, I'm gonna, I, I, I say this every time I get asked, and which is like all three people. Um, I have to go with Metroid because I feel like Metroid gets no love or hardly any love. And we've seen fan-made projects Mm -hmm. or movies, short movies with Mm -hmm. Metroid and it was just amazing. And there is no reason why this can't happen in Hollywood. Um, If they get the right actress to play Samus, I think it'd be awesome. And I mentioned this in our one of our other shows called Retrogamia. Uh, I said the same thing. It, it, they can make several movies or at least make it like like a TV series, kind of like with Castlevania. Like each each season would be like the different game. Like you have the, the first the NES one, and then you have Samus Returns, and then you have Super Metroid, but not call it Super Metroid because that'd be stupid. Um, then other M or wh- however, whichever games come after that, I'm not sure. But uh, I think they could pull it off with today's technology. They could totally do it, and it would be such an awesome sci-fi adventure movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think you and about a billion other people feel that this is the most obvious one that just. Why has this happened yet? Right. For sure. Right. Yeah. So and I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. I would have picked it, but I'm like, everyone's going to pick it. You know? Everyone's going to pick like, it. You know, yeah. It's just, but yeah, it, it's it's begging to be done for sure. Right. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. I feel like the initial thought of like, uh, I can't remember who wanted to make this, make a Metroid movie, but once upon a time they were saying like, they wanted it to be 
very very atmospheric very much like almost no dialogue at all samus just kind of like going about doing stuff like very um environmental storytelling stuff like that and like i feel like it kind of needs to be like it needs to be really different it can't just be like an actiony romp like with you know funny dialogue and like the normal blockbuster right i mean there there is i mean there's like quite a few sci-fi movies where it's just one character throughout the entire movie <clears throat> right and, and that's what i would call dialogue yeah that's what i would call hard sci-fi <clears throat> but yeah you need that loneliness i think yeah yeah isolation for sure um i think honestly the only dialogue should not even be spoken i think it should just be inner monologue like you should hear what she's thinking about scenarios yeah about like what's going on but she shouldn't like actually be talking to anybody um right. but just to you know break it up you could you could have the the voice acting throughout the movie um yeah, just her narrating what's yeah, going narr- on. Yeah, kind of narrating. Or you can come up with a <clears throat> a mechanism like she's making journal entries, or she's yeah. trying to contact her partner who can't hear it, and I don't know if you can hear this, if you ever hear this, but blah blah blah. And she's just really recording to keep herself going, kind of a thing. Yeah, and, um, and honestly, I mean, like we have, you know, we've had since the early two thousands the Metroid Prime games, and like those have just already made such a cinematic leap from what we had before yeah and now seeing the prime games it's like it's like a no-brainer honestly i wouldn't even be mad if the first cinematic adaptation was just prime based there's so much cool world building that they did in those games that are not separate like they they, they're not like pretending like oh this is the prime timeline and it's not connected it's like no it's all it's all connected so i feel like they could totally do that there's so much absolutely uh, also, shout outs to the Metroid Prime remaster that just came out, and I still can't find a physical copy. Yeah, uh, but it that. looks it looks super good. But like, yeah, no one can no one can get that. But right. uh, yeah, Metroid's still very much in the the minds of everybody. So mm. yeah, that should happen. Yeah. Right, Ape Alchemy, what's your pick? Uh, I honestly like of all the I was thinking about a lot of the games that we've played recently and stuff that came out in the last ten years and how things have become more and more cinematic by definition like a lot of games now are already basically a movie um right but i i feel like even though i'm saying that as if it defeats the purpose of having a movie i feel like the new god of war game would really be fucking amazing as a movie Uh, because there's Mm -hmm. so much like awesome dialogue and acting and the storytelling and the you know the kind of just visuals and everything like that like i i would be really psyched to see a, a film adaptation of that storyline the 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 newer god of war with his son and everything <clears throat> isn't it getting a show is it i don't know i thought it was getting like a netflix witcher type show uh so it's uh amazon it's been ordered um, oh cool okay like uh, so, with actors or or CG, uh, nobody's probably been cast. I don't know yet. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> I mean, geez, I, I, I would hope they would cast happen. the people from the game. Geez. Well, yeah. So what's yeah. his name? Christopher Judge or Christopher? Yeah. yeah, yeah, Christopher Judge. Yeah. I mean, so people were saying like, just cast Christopher Judge, you cowards. Um, obviously, yeah, I mean, why, it's, why, it's why one of those it? things. It's like you know, he doesn't. He's got the stature and he has the voice and he can do it. He looks different than Kratos looks, but just do it you cowards like fuck yeah whatever, whatever. Like, i mean right. if they he make it live action they'll they should can figure it out they and could they literally hire action, the, the same kid who plays the loki kid too i mean like 100 mm-hmm. percent. 
yeah, um, he looks so. perfect. Just make it that age. But um, right. yeah, I don't know what yeah. they'll do. I mean, well, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, he's a big I, guy with I, a beard, I, so of course Momoa has been freaking thrown out there, and it's like, oh my god. Yeah. Like, do we yeah, really throw need Momoa into every role that he's wrong for because he's handsome and has a beard? Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the new God of War would be a, a huge one. I mean, and then. Uh, I don't know. Other than that, I can't think of anything super off the top of my head. But yeah, gotta work. Cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Hopefully That's the right. uh, hopefully the show's good. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, yeah, hey, Race of Power happens. was awesome. Amazon can do it. Yeah, and I mean that's another one that should be low dialogue. Like I, I don't, I don't want a chatty Kratos, right? So it's like it would just be him and his son, you know. Yeah. So with low, like, with very small amounts of him and his son, and then also once you get uh, the head of Ymir, and then he's like on your little belt, and he's he's chatty. There'd be room for dialogue, but yeah, it's not like Kratos is a man of many words, right? Sure. I mean, you could do that with Metroid too. You could you could you know create a character that didn't exist <clears throat> so that she has somebody to speak with, um, but. You can't just ignore the fact that it needs to be at least long stretches of it need to be quiet. Yeah. Uh, claustrophobic. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. And and who's left? Me. Parasite <clears throat> me. <clears throat> so my actual my actual choice is Metroid. That's always been my number one. So uh, in lieu of that, I made sure nobody said this and they didn't. I'm going to go with Dead Space. Cool. I think that um, yeah. it's it's a super easy one to do. Like it's another hard sci-fi. It's like make it really atmospheric, really creepy, very alien, very like Alien One. Only the ship is you know grosser. And um, okay, real quick, was there there was an animated movie right? Yeah. Dead yep. Space yes. Attraction or no, that was a Wii I think, game. I think that was a Wii game. I, okay, there is yeah. a, there is I remember on Netflix, Netflix yeah. there was one yeah, there's, I never I never watched it. But. Yeah, yeah no, there's no. an animated one. But I'd like a I'd like a live action Dead Space. And um I, I think one of the fun things about Dead Space is all the different um I can't remember what they're called. The necromorphs. The monsters. Oh. Um yeah. I think is what they're called. I think it's Necromorph. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, you know, just like just like Resident Evil, same thing. Like the the zombies are just the beginning. They turn into all different stuff, and that's just so fun. Um, so I don't know. I I like the idea of like yeah. I mean, this whole thing takes place on a a space station, and you know, you're just trying to get off this freaking space station, and um, it could be really cool. Um, you could do a lot with it too. It doesn't really have to follow the exact story or anything like that. Just, you know, make sure that you're not screwing up the lore and the big stuff. And, you know, I don't know. could be yeah. fun because the yeah. character in those games doesn't even talk. You don't even, I don't even know if they have a name. The main character you play as, I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, uh, he does, he does have a name, but it's like, you know, yeah, there's no talking. Yeah, it is. That's a good point. In that fucking game. Like, yeah. it's all just like you talk to the computer. The computer yeah. tells you stuff, yeah. but there's not yeah. like really dialogue or anything. Yeah. He's got to have a name, but yeah, no, you're right. It's not like many yeah. people, like, it's just the Dead Space guy. Yeah. Yeah, so you can, yeah, like Doom Guy. It's like the same thing. It's like, right. I mean, his name literally is fucking Doom is Guy. Doom. Yeah. 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 Anyway. I don't have too much experience with the games, but I. I 
I have the one for the Wii, which is completely different from the other games. It's more like a the shooter, oh, like on shooter, rail shooter, on rail shooter. Yeah, which is awesome. I absolutely love it. Such a good game. Back in the day when the Wii was like, hey, we can't make the games that people are playing work on our console, but we can do something a little different. Right? Total respect yeah, didn't, for that. Didn't Resident Evil have a shooter too? Yes, they had Umbrella two of Chronicles. Them. Yeah, yeah, one and two. Yeah, two of them. Yeah. I have those. Yeah. I, I, I like them. I thought they were pretty cool. So, what did our Retroids have to say about this pondering? Well, yeah. So, now we're going to read off your answers. And holy crap. There's four. There's, there's quite quite a bit. Just yeah. quite a bit. Uh, so I will start off with uh, our good old pal Greg Carcioni, aka uh, uh, Boss, Boss Rush, Rush Mode. Mode. Boss Rush Mode. Um, he says God Hand, and I am not surprised because I know how much he uh, freaking adores that game. Yeah, yeah. Boss <laughs> Rush Mode loves God Hand. He loves it. A lot of people like gosh, uh, gosh rush mode. Uh, God, <laughs> fucking making stuff up. Uh, yeah, no, a lot of people like God and uh, quite yeah. a bit. It's definitely an interesting game for sure. Um, PJ Rahal says the Callisto, the Callisto Protocol. Oh, Callisto Protocol. So that's actually from the guys who made Dead Space. It's not oh, connected, okay. but it's the same creators. Oh, okay, cool. That, okay. that game just um, came out. And he also says a real faithful ad adaptation of Resident Evil and also the Horizon series. Let's be honest. There's enough goddamn Resident Evil stuff this, out there. This way, they've had their shot. They've shot. They've shot their yeah, shot. They, they tried so many times. If, if, if they've missed too many times, they don't get more. They're gonna get more. They're gonna keep making more. Yeah. Um, Josh Neela says Fable comes to mind. Mass Effect. Far Cry, Zelda. The only problem is that traditionally video game movies have been pretty damn awful, which we're aware of. And the only you don't make a shitty like, one. Yeah. <laughs> and the only time we've gotten a like a decent one, it was because they messed it up so bad that it ended up somehow being a good movie. Talking about the Super Mario Bros. movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Josh. <laughs> Going back to the original bad one as your only example. There's been plenty of good ones. Plenty, plenty. Yeah. And then he also adds Mega Man might be kind of cool, and, and he says Metroid. Mm -hmm. um, then someone made a comment. Steve Steve Greg II Mm -hmm. so funny enough, they were going to make a Mega Man movie at Fox, but then Disney bought Fox and canceled it, but maybe they'll revive it. That I cannot cool. imagine it ever being good unless it's animated. Yeah, That's I right. can't. I mean, God, the Mega Man animated show that came out a few years ago looked so fucking Oh, the, the like, new one, right? The, well, the newer yeah. one. Not the one yeah, from I don't the know. 90s. They just that was terrible, they too. I, the, the one from the 90s is the only one I even thought like looked kind of okay, and it was still super mm. cheesy. But yeah. 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 I guess okay, like for people who liked the Mega Man Battle Network stuff, that show was like pretty faithful to the games. Um, but I don't know, I'm not really that into those. But yeah, yeah Mega Man's Mega Man's hard to do. It's such a yeah, game. It really is. Such a I think Mega Man game. X not really would be easier. Would be way better. Yeah. I mean, yeah. God, that anime mm -hmm. they did for the PSP game was so good. I wish they had just kept going. Yeah, I think I think the the little boy with the like high pitched voice. It's like that is it, we love Mega Man games. We love oh, so Mega Astro Man. Astro Boy works for some stuff. reason, but it, it's like 
Mega Man's just such a game. Like, I just don't feel like it's going to work as a mm. thing that has, like, plot that you're, like, right. along for the right. ride. I'm like, I don't know. Right. When do you get the new weapons? Like, right. Yeah. Or, yeah, I, th- I think it could work, but it would be it would be very hard. And I I think if it if it worked ever, it would be <clears throat> like the new Mario Brothers movie coming out like that. You know, right. give us like a polished cutesy. I like, think the new and, Super Mario Bros. movie looks so good. I don't yeah, care. Like absolutely. you said, yeah, I can't, I can't wait good. to see that Mario movie. I'm super excited. Yeah, James Lamont says <laughs> he says post apocalyptic Cubert. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> I mean, I guess the game is pretty post-apocalyptic. Like, where is he? He's just on like this. Yeah, there's like cubes. It's just all that's left. Cubes. All that's left. Those are the the molecules of the uh, the DNA of the universe. That's all that's left. That's all that's left. Yeah. All right. Next is I apologize if I say your last name wrong. Nick. Per Pris Prickles. Oh my God! Pericles? For fuck's sake! It's Nick Pericles. We do this Pericles. every time. I, I know. I know. We go this every like a thousand times. Time. Nick, I will fight for you, man. Nick, I apologize. Pericles. I'm dumb. Okay. Jeez. It's not you being dumb. It's In just funny because every every time he comments, we're like, okay, we're gonna fuck the shit out of this <laughs> one. We're and then really it's Nick. And I'm like, it's always Nick. Nick Parappa the Rapper. Oh yes. That's his new name. And Umjammer Lammy. Nice reference. <laughs> he goes, Rogue Warrior, because I want to see someone say, it's a total goat fuck on screen with a straight face. I've never Fair seen enough. much of, of Rogue Warrior, but I know it's like a zombie soldier game that has got a fan base. I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea. Never heard of it. Uh, then he says, the Chronicles of Riddick escape from Butcher Bay and escape from Dark Athena, because more Riddick movies more better can't wait for the next one which is currently being worked on very right. cool did not know you were a riddick fan now you know and next time we'll get your name correct hopefully no you won't. um no no probably not zero. Uh, <laughs> don't don't lie don't lie don't lie uh steve <laughs> greg the second says donkey kong country which, which would be an awesome CGI. sequel to the mario brothers movie oh yeah donkey Kong's be- in it so yeah. That would be an amazing spinoff, like Nintendo Nintendo verse type of thing. Yeah, that, that that'd be pretty cool. Oh man, uh, I wonder if they're gonna do that. Actually, yeah, it's just—I mean, it's it's Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong, which I'm not loving either. But whatever. I mean, yeah, like whatever. he's gonna have no lines in the movie. He's not gonna be a major character. Yeah, thankfully. Um, our good pal Randy Carter chimes in with Ragar. Yes. Our awesome choice. Wicked that awesome. Is such an awesome choice. Uh, again, a game that no one ever talks about. And- Rygar? Oh, yeah. yeah, Rygar. Rygar? So good. Yeah. Uh, the disc armor, man. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Stewart says The Suffering. Okay. I don't know. What Sounds that uplifting. It's going to be a Disney movie. That's what it is. The suffering. Um, no, that's just watching a Disney movie. That, yeah, that's just me. That's me watching a Disney movie. Yeah. yeah. The suffering. The entire Joe in, in the audience of Encanto. <laughs> like, no, kill me now. Fuck it um, Zach Snack says, easy. Metal Gear Solid. Lol. Um, yep. Yeah, awesome. actually, that would have been one of my other picks. I mean, too, it's kind of crazy. Kojima's the biggest freaking film fan ever. It's wild that there hasn't been. Hasn't been one, yeah. Any but, kind of movie. Crazy. Uh, Joshua Adams says a Metroid movie could be crazy good if they 
cast Samus right. Personally, I think Emily Blunt would kill it. I'd love yep. to see yep. a funny and mind-blowing por portal movie shot in first-person view. Also, <laughs> oh, whoa, to see like Hardcore Henry? That would be freaking nuts. <laughs> Wow. Also, still want to see a sick Gears of War film. Nice. Cool. I would watch that. I've never played any of those games, but I feel like yeah, there's nothing with there. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd, I'd watch it. Um, Charles Thomas says Red Dead Redemption 1 and Undead Nightmare. Hell yeah. Dang. Gotta get that DLC movie in there. That's right. Uh, Gwendolyn Troll says Legacy of Kane. Kane, full stop. Give me more Noskoth. Hell yeah. Yes. Yes, dude. Yes. Yeah, Gwendo's percent um, Absolutely. Steven Christina Jr. says, well, it all depends on a few factors. The right casting following the source material, just like <clears throat> The Last of Us has been doing, and not screwing it up like Halo, Super Mario Brothers 1993, Resident Evil, Postal, etc. Also, the right script also plays a factor, too. That being said, Metal Gear Solid, Star Fox, Zelda, Mass Effect, Metroid, The Darkness. I'm sure there's more that I can't think of at this moment, but great topic, guys. Star Fox would be an interesting one. I would love, you know what I would love is a Star Fox I, I, show. Uh, yeah, a show I can see, for sure. Yeah. I would love a Star I, Fox show. I, I think I've said this before, but I want the fantastic Mr. Star Fox like they had done on the Funnier Die series. Oh, where they okay. did a stop motion animation show using the original puppets that were on the original box. But to do it's it's really fucking cool. I think it's funnier die or college humor or one of those, but it's just called the Fantastic Mr. Star Fox. And yeah, it's just like a stop motion skit with you know puppets very similar to the original box art. And those were made by Miyamoto himself. And yeah, I mean that would be so damn cool. Really, Miyamoto made those puppets. Yeah. Yep. Wow. He made those puppets. They're so excellent. They're wicked good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Um, but yeah, I would I would love the shit out of that. That'd be super cool. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Joshua Adams says, "I'll second Mass Effect and add Oddworld." Oh yeah. Oddworld Whoa. might be cool. Oddworld mentioned. Nobody freaking talks. About no one talks about that's, Oddworld. I mean, I'm not familiar with the games. I've never played them, but yeah, that might be fun to watch. Yep. Our our sexy, sexy pal Aldo says, <laughs> "Condemned, Criminal Origins, I'd make for a fantastic horror film." I, I don't, don't know this I game, have, but I do like your sexy movie. voice. So sexy, mm, yes. Condemned, mm. Criminal Origins. Mm, yes. yes. Criminal Origins of. Are you pregnant guy. yet? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Happen. Hold on. I hit something. Oh God, he broke it, everyone. You guys can hear that. Yep, I can hear yep. you. Oh no, I can't hear the buzzing now. There was buzzing. Well, I can still hear it. Yeah, I can. It's hear coming it. from my speakers. Hold on. There we go. Okay. Oh, perfect. Yeah, we can get that part out. A very satisfying click sound, I might add. <laughs> I like the button press. Yeah, it was good. It was a good like. Anybody else? I, Melissa yeah. Sherlin. Plenty. Melissa Sherlin says, Pitball. What was he doing out there? Why was there ropes to swing? How did he carry all those gold bars? So many questions a movie could answer. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Parent says, 
Some of the ones I would like to see have been made into movies, just terrible ones. <laughs> Thanks for playing, though. Thanks for playing. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for not, being not a contestant on the wheel of you. nothing to suggest. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Holland says, besides Metal Gear Solid, I think Bioshock would work. Yeah, definitely. That for sure. Yeah, Bioshock, 100%. Yeah. That'd be really cool. Our pal Dominic Perillo says, Le- Legend of Cage or Kage. And Legend of Dragoon. <laughs> great, great rando choices, man. That those Legend are those are awesome. Dragoon, bro. What I'm love hell, yeah. Legend of Kage. That's so funny. That's so good. Yeah, Legend yeah. of Dragoon. Nice. Dustin that just came out on PlayStation 4. Nice. Oh wow. Dustin Braga says, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits would make for a great film. Developed by an animation oh. studio, it is ripe for an adaptation. Would also love a Bioshock Infinite movie. <laughs> So I just got kind of Bridge of Spirits a few months ago. It was it's was on sale. And yeah, this game looks so damn cool. It looks like a Pixar movie. Like it's it's mm. incredibly gorgeous. And I, I just kept seeing it over and over and over again. And it was it was 50% off. And I'm like, whatever, I'm just getting it. And I want to I want to probably play it next after I finish uh, Assassin's Creed. But yeah, that's cool. I haven't actually gotten to talk to anybody who's played it, but it it certainly seems like it comes from an animation house, so yeah, uh, makes sense. It would look like a great it movie. It really, really cute. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of like what I liked in, in uh, Beyond Good and Evil, and I was like, okay, alright, I don't know. I mean, I'm never getting Beyond Good and Evil too. so. Right. Right. That would make a fucking awesome movie. Fuck, I'd, I'd take back God of War. Make a movie of Beyond Good and Evil 1. That game is awesome. It's such a cool story. Done. Yes. Done. All right. Oh. Jamie Risk says, Evil Within. Okay. Uh, Justin Cooper, our good buddy, says, Metroid is probably a really good choice, but I'm going to go with River City Ransom 2. Holy crap, dude. I don't know how they would do that, but... It might Is be cool. Ransom Two, the one with the girlfriends. No, it's he's just like like two as in like T O O. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I love the game, but yeah, I don't know how that would work. If they did a River City Ransom movie, it would have to be super referential, like the Scott Pilgrim movie was, almost where like you would have just a fight scene and you'd beat the shit out of a guy and then like a pixelated dollar bill would come out of him and you'd grab <laughs> the dollar bill and then they'd go to the store and buy like, you know, food. Like there would have to be weird, like gamey shit that was applied to just real actors. Otherwise they're just mugging people. Right. Be- and that's yeah, not yeah, yeah. Billy Lee at the, right. at the beginning of Double <laughs> Jimmy and Jimmy. Bimmy <laughs> Lee in the Sunday sweats. <laughs> what a throwback. Throw, from yeah. season zero of uh, the Retro Octopus podcast. <laughs> and uh, Justin also says, how about Cool Spot? That game was way better than it needed to be. <laughs> that game was pretty impressive. It is It is celebrated as one of the best like mascot platformers. It's true, yeah. Um, William Thomas Boyles says, Tom Clancy's The Division. I think Gears of War would... would would be a good movie series dead to dead to rights freedom fighters and new legends really want to see this one made definitely half-life and he also goes on to say metal gear 2 and i think if they made a comedy or even a parody grand theft auto and crazy taxi (laughs) oh shit a crazy taxi movie would be 
fucking awesome. There's so little to work with there, but as long as the soundtrack was exclusively Offspring songs and, <laughs> you know, just people like well-known actors driving like batshit in in taxis like that would be super fun yeah uh monica trout says says i second red dead red dead redemption and mass effect with a green heart uh steven van patten says devil may cry which there was a animated show on netflix i believe yeah, there yeah. was an anime, and then it was it was on Netflix, but it wasn't a Netflix production. I I have the yeah. thing on DVD. Uh, nice. Yeah, dude, Devil May Cry. Fuck yeah, yeah. Steven. Madden, good, good call, man. Yeah, way to go, other Steve and something. <laughs> Steve and somethings agree. Sean Costello, aka Eight Bit Glitch seventy nine, says Contra or Metal Gear. Good choice, especially mm-hmm. Contra. I mean, I can't believe that has been made yet. Um, Right, because it's just like, you know, essentially, it's like the movie Aliens, right? I mean, it's it's the second one. It would yeah. be similar to that, you know, like, Kinda. Uh, change the setting, maybe? Make it, like, in a jungle? So it's like Predator meets Aliens or something, but it's just a military movie versus Aliens. Yeah, like, and- it needs to start out as, like, a relatively, like, by-the-numbers jungle commando movie, and then, you know, divulge into Aliens, just like Predator, like you said, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there needs to be like great. floating capsules flying across the in the air, and every time they jump, they have to fucking like barrel roll. Well, yeah. I mean, those could be they drones have, yeah. now. They could shoot down drones, and then like they they have to like you know, they're like, oh, what is this alien drone? And they like open it up, and they're like cannibalizing the drone, and they're like, oh, there's a new kind of bullet in there. I don't know. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Put it in your gun. No, I can shoot. It's a spread gun. No, nice. oh, this one's a laser. This one yeah, is gonna make me it, invincible. I mean, they could, flash. you know, you know, the laser is the one that would make sense if they shot down the drone and the drone was actually firing down on them. Um, but it was reminiscent of that thing of the capsule, and they shoot it down and then they uh they <laughs> they cannibalize it and they I don't know, get the laser and they duct tape it on the end of their gun or something. I don't know. <laughs> yep, it makes fun. perfect sense. Gorilla glue, something, something. Yeah. Oh, get it because it's gorilla warfare. <gasps> gorilla. Oh, Rihanna Madison says fable, but executed like the type of swords and sorcery cheese fest that haven't <laughs> that haven't been seen since the eighties, starring the cast members of the Mighty Bosch, spaced and absolutely fabulous with narration by Rosen <laughs> Conaty. Did you say spaced? Love spaced. Space spaced yeah the mighty boosh she said i don't know what that is though i have no idea what that is either it's rain sounds interesting though thanks for our good pal danny drury drury sorry uh says someone mentioned pronounced pericles pericles Pericles. you asshole you fucking animal (laughs) you crazy animal (laughs) she says someone mentioned fable and i second that also assassin's creed is pretty badass yeah they have so, that. So cool. They do have that. I wish I wish that it was good enough that it turned into a, a series and they did different ones. I to this day I almost never, chose that. never watched it. I almost chose Assassin's Creed because I totally wasn't gonna see it. I was like, fuck this movie. And then I saw it and I was like, you know, that was actually pretty fun. Like it wasn't great, and I'm sure plenty of people hate it, 
Um, but I thought it was cool enough. And, you know, as every Assassin's Creed game is, is going in its own direction. So it's like, okay, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, this story is going its own way. And mm-hmm. when it ended, I was like, oh, wow, you know, this, this could really set up an awesome sequel. I like this. And then it just, it didn't do well enough at all. But yeah, yeah. I, I almost chose Assassin's Creed. Nice. Spoiler alert, I did not. <laughs> Spoiler. Uh, Tom Morse Jr. says, here's my top five games that would be awesome on the big screen. Ninja Gaiden, or Gaiden, Journey to Silius, fuck Me. yes. Uh, Contra. That's called the Terminator. Um, that, 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 <laughs> right. That's I mean, what that game is based it was on. Gonna be, it was going to be the Terminator. They, they yeah. for copyright reasons or trademark right. reasons or whatever, they had to change it. Um, Contra, Kid Icarus, and Ghouls and Ghosts. Kadikaris. Kadikaris. You know, Ghouls and Ghosts is interesting. Like, I actually thought about Firebrand because, like, he's just one of my favorite all-time video game characters. And, like, I, I was, like, wondering if that should be my answer for this. And I'm, like, I don't know. Like, I don't think you can do it without a sense of humor, and I don't really want it. <laughs> yeah. I just don't really want it. I, I, yeah. I think because it would be like, I feel like it would be loud and obnoxious and, um, I don't know. Like, if it was deadly serious, it probably wouldn't feel right. Like, I don't know. But um, yeah. it would be interesting if it was, you know, ghouls and ghosts or ghosts and goblins or whatever. And uh, they would just have to do a lot to it. And that's a, that's totally the sort of thing where it's like, well, there isn't anything here. There's nothing to work with hardly at all. You right. just have, like, the design of a couple of characters. The whole motivation is just the princess gets killed or got kidnapped yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, uh, that's all there is. You're going to, you know, reference just the looks of certain things. And so I guarantee it's going to be like the Castlevania thing. So the person making the movie or whatever, they're going to come up with all this new stuff because there's nothing there. And then people are going to complain that it's too different. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I agree. That do be how it goes. (laughs) And last, and certainly not least, Carrie Sanders says, Kenji Eno's D is set up is set up to make you feel as if you're playing through a movie already. Oh my god, that is such a deep cut. If they could keep up with the pressure of the time limit we felt when we were trying to solve yeah. the, the game, it would make for a great suspense horror flick with modernized graphics. That is so crazy. I haven't thought about D in a long time. I loved that game. Oh my god, yeah. Oh. That was the for PlayStation, right? Yeah, I think it was Saturn. Like at the time, it oh, was Saturn. Saturn. Yeah, yeah. I remember PC. playing for the for the PlayStation, and, and yeah, there was like, was, like uh, two, there was like two sequels or something like that, and they were like nothing like the first one. They're like each game was different. Yeah, D two was on the Dreamcast. Yeah, yeah. I really liked that. I only played the first one, but it was a point and click adventure. But yeah, that time limit, man. I mean, we had to. I remember playing it that one night with. I don't know. if you were there, Joe, but I, I was playing. Oh, yeah, I was there. <laughs> yeah, with Boss Rush and you and like we did beat it, um, yeah. but it took a few tries where you had to start over from the beginning because you keep running out of time. Yeah. So yeah, totally get what Laura. you're saying. That's really cool. Laura. Good one, Carrie. Laura. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Laura. Yeah. Laura. <laughs> And of course, the D always stands for Dracula for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. All right. So thank you guys so much for your your participation. That was really cool. Uh, 
it's quite a bit uh yeah. to read off yeah. and uh we really appreciate your support you know throughout this entire season this entire show's existence right um, it's been really fun uh so for those of you who still want to participate you can tell us what you think about this week's octopon of this which is which which game would you like to see made into a movie and you can reach us on our facebook group which is totally rad by the way i have to throw that in there it's, in case you didn't realize it's a it's a, it's a rad it's a rad group for sure in case you've been um, living under a rock right which maybe you are i don't know you might if you are i'm sorry you're you sheep under a rock <laughs> uh you can also reach us on twitter twitter at Redoctopus, or you can always email us at Redoctopus at gmail.com. And if you would like, if you like what we're doing, please leave us a review or a rating on our host site. Just search for Pinecast Retro Redoctopus. <sighs> All right. Now back to the back to the, no, the second half of the of the show, which is now we're gonna say our picks of which which uh movies. Yeah, let's get to it. <laughs> so yes, let's just freaking do it. Okay. Right, so I figure I'll, I'll go last. This okay. Time. So we'll, because I know Tim has the B segment tonight. Okay. So we'll start with with Ape It. Okay. All right, we can do that. So the movie that I chose for the second pick is a movie that is called Alone in the Dark. Oh, now, uh, I will preface this by saying uh, I was a bit confused at first. I knew that there was this movie, Alone in the Dark. I knew it was supposed to be pretty horrible. And I knew that it was directed by Uwe Ball. All things that are important to know going into this experience. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was like, okay, well, in order for me to rightly judge how good of a movie it is, I should probably know something about the game that it's based on. Uh so there's, there's actually a lot of Alone in the Dark games. Uh, the original game was a slow-paced survival horror game for the computer uh, back from 1992. And as much as we've said in our, our history that Sweet Home is the game that inspired Resident Evil and was the start of like so many survival horror things, uh, Alone in the Dark is the first game that is truly credited for inspiring the very deliberate gameplay style that would be found in Resident Evil and Silent Hill and a lot of other games of that ilk where you have fixed camera angles, you have tank controls, you have traps that'll kill you instantly, you have all sorts of different things that are coming out at you. Um, Alone in the Dark 1992 for the PC is the game that pioneered all of that. Uh, so when they came out with Resident Evil, yes, it was a remake of Sweet Home, but the gameplay was 100% informed by Alone in the Dark. Um, so I, I was like, wow, that's fascinating. I definitely want to check out this game. So I watched a whole playthrough of Alone in the Dark. And, uh, you know, it, it definitely shows its age. It has not aged gracefully, but it's really neat to see the things that it did. Um, and then I started to watch the movie and I went, Oh shit! This is really different. Did I miss something? <laughs> nope. And and no, the I did. did. <laughs> no, no, I did. Uh, so I went back and I'm like, "What game is this one based off of? Is this movie based off of?" So Alone in the Dark had two sequels: Alone in the Dark two and three, and then in 2001 it had a reboot 
that was called Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare. That is the game that the movie okay. is supposed to be uh, based on. So I went, well, fuck. I can't keep watching the movie. I need to go watch the the actual game that this is supposed to be informed by. So I went back and I watched the playthrough of Alone in the Dark from 2001, The New Nightmare. Uh, and that game uh, definitely aged a lot better. Um, it, it actually looks pretty solid, like a very good like PlayStation 2 era game. I want to say it was only on PC, but I, I really don't know. Um, but basic story is you play as this, this guy, Edward Carnby, and he's investigating this mysterious death of his very close friend uh, who went to go investigate this island called Shadow Island. He was going there just very routinely. There was nothing, you know, amiss or suspicious. Uh, and then you get a coroner's report on your desk of like, this is your friend's body. He's dead. Uh, and so the game just cold starts with that. And you're like, uh, what? So you take, you know, take on the the job of going in to investigate and seeing what happened to your friend. Why did he turn up dead? Like what happened there? Uh, and there's this other character um, who joins you and I can never remember her name. It's okay. So it's not Eileen. It's Aline, A-L-I-N-E. And I'm like, are they saying Eileen or are they just saying it weird? But no, it's Aline. Uh, and so she's just like this. Um, she's like a historian, archaeologist, expert kind of person who is also going to shadow island for one reason or another uh both of you are flying there your helicopter gets attacked by demons you crash and then the rest of the game is the you can choose to play as either edward or aline they both play very differently edward's playthrough has more guns uh aileen's is more puzzle based they talk to each other via walkie-talkie throughout the game but they both are doing different things simultaneously uh Credit where credit's due. The game seems really good. Seems really solid. From watching the playthrough, I was totally impressed with what they were able to do in 2001. Um, and yeah, I was like, wow, okay, you know, uh, this movie could be really cool. There's there's some neat occult stuff here and and mm -hmm. uh, good good acting and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't know. There's there's good source material here. Um, so then you know, let's let's fast forward four years to 2005 when Uva Ball's like, hey, you know what's a game? Uh, Alone in the Dark. Mm. You know, you know, it's a movie that I could potentially, you know, ruin an adaptation with. Uh, Alone in the Dark. So he makes this movie. Now, I, I will I'll start by saying this: watch this movie with no expectations, no preconceived notions of what the game is or anything. Mm -hmm. You will be left with, "Hey, this is a pretty middle of the road sci-fi channel original movie." that like happens to star tara reed and like uh isn't christian slater in it christian slater and you'd <laughs> just be like wow i'm surprised they got christian slater for this random sci-fi channel original movie it wasn't good but it also wasn't really much of anything um so you know it's it's harmless it starts out with like perfectly fine setup of uh they, they the, the only fucking thing that this movie kept was the characters names they, they are edward carnby and uh aline cedric they kept those names nothing else is retained <laughs> it just went fuck all that 
I have my own idea and I'm going to do this instead. And the whole time I was watching the movie, I'm like, wow, okay. You know, they're, they're really doing like a lot of build up here and they, they're, they're getting the occult stuff in there. Um, you know, I wonder when they're going to take the helicopter ride and go to shadow Island and like do all that stuff. They, they don't fucking go to shadow Island. The game fucking starts instant, like two or three of the intro is them going to shadow Island and crashing. And then that's where the entire game is. The movie doesn't go to shadow Island. It has nothing to do with that. It's never like, heard of shadow whole... Island. God. It doesn't even know what an Island is. No, no. I'm like, what the fuck was that? So it's just like on that level, it's like, why would you even claim that this is an adaptation of this game? Like right. you, you did not go for anything other than the character names. Instead, it's like, Edward Carnby grew up in an orphanage and he was one of 20 orphans that were kidnapped and experimented on. And they were at like this, uh, this orphanage run by a nun and the nun was like in on the kidnapping. She like agreed to let the scientific group kidnap these kids and then experiment on them. But Edward got away. And so he got away and was like traumatized. And the movie starts with Christian Slater, like having like nightmares about like the stuff that happened to him when he was a kid. Um, and it turns out that uh, Edward was in, he was previously in like this government paranormal investigation agency called agency 713. And then he got kicked out of that. And then he went to jail and now he's just like a, a paranormal private eye, essentially like a Winchester uh, and just like doing his own thing. Uh, and then he's in a relationship with Aline, which isn't a thing in the game, Like, but they're, they are dating in the movie. And basically, it's like there's this ancient Native American tribe uh, that has – they're called the Abkani. And they have like these this, – this ancient lore of this light world, dark world, and some Abkani relics are supposedly able to bridge the gap between the, the world of light and the world of dark and, and all this other stuff. Uh, so long story short is that the person that Aline works for at the museum is this Dr. Hudgens, and he has just become obsessed with this concept, and he's been going around the world tracking down these artifacts and bringing stuff back to the museum, and he ultimately plans to open up a gateway to the to the world of darkness. But you don't find that out until, like, you know, uh, the last act of the movie. Uh and there's just so much build up to this stuff. And I was like, wow, I wonder when they're going to go to Shadow Island. And then it like, you know, the, the movie's only an hour and a half long. And at the point of after 60 minutes in, I went, holy shit, I don't know. Are they just not going to go? And then it just was like, well, never no heard you they wouldn't go to Shadow right. Island. It was so insanely impossible that they don't go to Shadow Island. I'm like, that's the entire story. So I'm like, they're just doing a really good job building up the background and like setting this up. But then it was like, this is going in weird directions that don't make sense. It was like establishing this mine. And there was like these miners that were going down into this deep mine and getting like all kinds of fucked up. And it turns out that's like where the gateway is. And that's where they have to go to open this, you know, portal or whatever. Uh, and then there's this other like random thing that when they like assemble some of the relics or something. And I, 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 I will say I am making it sound worse than it is. But I will say that the plot was hard enough to follow that it's not super coherent for me. Um, but they're like, oh, uh, they assembled some relics or, or did something and like it, it caused this like awakening and 
all these random people around the United States just like got up out of their bed like in a like in a weird like trance and just like walked out of their beds and like walked into the night and it turns out that all of those people were the 20 orphans that Christian Slater was a part of and the only reason why Christian Slater is not affected by this weird world of darkness mind experiment bullshit was because he got electrocuted shortly afterwards and it like fried the parasite that they injected in his body so he doesn't have to worry about the the mind control shit it's like where did any of this come from like you where the fuck did you get any of this this is entirely just made up conjecture from Mm. nothing based on nothing like the game did have concepts of a world of darkness and a world of light and there was like this altar that you had to gather all these different um statues for and do a ritual to seal off this this uh altar before there was this mad scientist guy whose name is not any of the characters in the movie um but he but if if there was some historical date and if he did this all this ritual on the morning of this day then the world of darkness would invert and it would you know take over the entire world so the world of darkness world of light thing you know the movie basically uh it once they get to like demons are are running amok and shit um the demons look okay they're not that bad um but they kind of it like kind of turns into like an action movie just like a generic early 2000s action movie yeah uh and they they have just like a lot of combat sequences there's like a really forced like painfully 2005's like music video-esque section where they like they oh, put, put like new metal over this this sequence of of them of like this group shooting all these demons and it just i'm like this is so freaking weird like this just feels out of nowhere tonally tonally for the movie like the movie hasn't been like a a goofy actiony machismo thing at all it's just been like okay you know figuring out what's going on trying to trying to figure out the deal with these artifacts and all this other shit and then it just busts into this like new metal action sequence and i'm like what the hell is this this is so like tone deaf like what what movie are you making and uh and yeah so then the movie basically ends with all the things from the world of darkness succeeded in getting out the main characters failed uh but they think that they succeeded and it's literally just carnby and aline uh so it's tara reed and christian slater and they're walking down the street and they're like you know looking around and every person is dead like the whole city is just vacant and they're the only two people in there and then you get this very like quick camera rush of like of like a supposedly pov of a demon rushing at them and then it just goes right in on them and it cuts and then that's credits and i'm like what a fucking terrible adaptation of this game that was like Mm. if you didn't watch any if you didn't know anything about the game it would just be a middle of the road movie like a four or five out of ten nothing to write home about but not like inherently awful but the fact that it's called alone in the dark and uses the character names from this game and then throws everything else out it's like why dude just call it something different 
<laughs> just call yeah. it something different. It's not like you were making the big bucks on the Alone in the Dark license. Like that game came out four years ago. You know, it's not like that was doing you enough of a favor. And then you didn't deliver on anything. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it was like an 11th hour decision to even call this movie that and be uh -huh. like, oh, yeah, just change their name. You know, Maybe, it's like, I mean, that that is so possible. I mean, it feels like that because yeah. I think that was the first of Uva Bull's. Um, video game movies he he did make some other ones obviously he did blood rain which i think was the biggest like probably most commercially notable title i would say because i think alone in the dark wasn't really like that widely known i i mean i definitely didn't know any anyone playing it it's not like it was resident evil like everybody knew resident evil but right. blood rain had a minute where it was like oh is this sexy vampire chick game and it wasn't ever Resident Evil level, but it was like, yeah, there's some there's some brand recognition. Um, but I think he did. I feel like he did other ones too. He did like a, 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 a castle one. Like what was so it? In the name of the king. Yeah. What? What? Based on Dungeon that? Siege. Dungeon Siege. Okay. Mm. Right. Again, right. another game that's like okay, uh, that's a game that exists. Yeah, I, I don't watch Uva Bowl movies anymore, so I don't know. Most of these I didn't see, but yeah, um, I did try to watch. I watched about the first half of Blood Rain, and then I pieced out of that. But uh, and that is not something I do. I don't. I don't generally not finish movies unless I unless I fall asleep too many times. If I fall asleep like three times, I'm just not gonna see that movie. Right, and that, that's something. That's something as a forty-three-year-old man that does happen. I do fall asleep once, twice, three times a lady, and uh, and once you get to the lady, you're done. You're done, ski. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, I wouldn't say you know make a point to go watch uh, Uva Ball's movies, uh, but it, it is weird that it's just like the movie itself. It's not like the acting was bad. Like Christian Slater, I wasn't was that fine. Offensive. Tara, Tara Reid honestly did a perfectly fine job. I, I expected yeah. her acting to be awful, and I was like, she was fine. fine that yeah. wasn't the issue. It was just you know like everything else, and um, you know it was just very very generic. It's not great. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I just I couldn't believe that. But yeah, the game uh, Alone in the Dark did come out on uh, PlayStation, PS2, Dreamcast, and PC. And uh, for those of you who have a Nintendo Switch and have access to the Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance games, there's a port of Alone in the Dark for the Game Boy Color. And uh, it's one of the nine games for the Game Boy that Nintendo decided was worth being in wave one of their Game Boy Virtual <laughs> Console. So you can play the Game Boy Color adaptation of what uh, Stop Skeletons from Fighting would describe as probably one of the most ambitious punching above its weight games on the Game Boy because it like has digitized 3D graphics and like depth of field. And it very much tries to recreate a Resident Evil style game on a friggin' Game Boy. And it's wow. not horrible it's not awesome but like damn is it impressive yeah uh so yeah i mean that's like actually widely available uh you can play that right now if you have the if you have the game boy stuff on there um but anyway mm -hmm. uh that's alone in the dark uh i don't know all right long story long but <laughs> <laughs> hey what right. can i say i gonna say it's a lot to unpack yeah i'm actually i'm looking at the graphics now for the the game boy game and yeah holy crap it's just like wow you know, like holy shit! That's that, a game this is Boy. Game Boy. What? Yeah, I mean, it it is really you know they 
stops counts from fighting does a series called punching weight and they do these games that are just like trying way punching way above their weight class trying way harder than they had any right to and and this game was definitely one of the more memorable ones um because like just looking at this thing i'm like how the hell did they do this interesting yeah very cool Wild. How weird is that? That that is in wave one. Wave one. I'm surprised. <laughs> I can't imagine it was ever chosen. I, right. It, it had no right to be picked ever. But the fact that it did get picked was like interesting. Yeah. Someone right. at Nintendo is a madman. Yeah, that's really. I mean, they they honestly surprised me with Gargoyles Quest Two being on that list as well. Yeah. Right. Wow. I, I'm, yeah. Anyway. Very cool. Anyway. Very cool. First, like Steve. Okay, so um, believe it or not, I uh, I have a quick one. I don't really have a lot to say. I just really like this movie. Um, I think there are a number of movies that I've enjoyed quite a bit uh, that are video game adaptations that the internet bitches about anyway. And I feel like this is the probably the one that I like the most that I just absolutely 100% don't know what the internet's fucking problem is. Uh, and that is Tomb Raider 2018. Um, so... I love this movie. I legitimately think it kicks ass. I've seen it numerous times. I think it's it's great. It's a great. It works great as a movie. It works great as an adaptation. I think it's awesome. I love this movie. Um, based on the first of the Tomb Raider reboot trilogy games, which was Tomb Raider, uh, came out 2013. So that's just basically Tomb Raider 2013, and of course after that, following up the trilogy filling out the trilogy was rise of the tomb raider and shadow of the tomb raider uh shadow of the tomb raider the third game did come out the same year as the movie based on the first one in the trilogy i think they clearly intended to keep going with the movies and the and the the money just wasn't there it didn't make that much money it wasn't a total bomb but um it it they talked about doing a sequel for a couple of years and i think it's just sort of fizzled out unfortunately but mm. uh, so it's directed by this name the man has such a cool name Oh my god. I think he's Norwegian. His name is Roar Uthaug. Huh. Uh, sounds he, like an Urukai name. Yeah. He also uh directed that Netflix Norwegian kaiju troll movie. Oh troll hunter? Didn't a troll, just troll. Oh troll. Yeah, it's it's on Netflix right now. It's just basically Godzilla if it was a Norwegian troll. Um uh, I haven't seen it, but I want to see it. I keep hearing that it's really fun. Um, so anyway, the movie Tomb Raider 2018 stars Alicia Vikander uh, as Laura Croft, who, despite being Swedish and having grown up in Germany and all over the world, does a really amazingly perfect British accent. She's really great in this. Um, I think that the um, criticism directed at her is absolutely bullshit and um it's, yeah it's just it's it's to the point of it grosses me out like you know shit that nerds say uh she's not this enough or that enough or whatever and uh she she i think was very charming and i think just very much embodied the character i think the thing mainly the main thing that people just couldn't get over um other than maybe like i don't know her boobs weren't big enough or something yeah. or like um, was the fact that she was at the beginning of her Tomb Raider journey. So she doesn't start the movie like on an expedition. Like she's not Indiana Jones yet. 
Right. The movie is about her becoming Indiana Jones. By the end of it, she is she is Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Um, but you know, I don't know. People are just impatient and annoying. I guess I don't know because she gets there, and there's never a moment in the movie that's like not action. Pretty much, there's tons of stuff. They work in lots of like she's. They got this like career bike race thing at the beginning, and I think it was a really you know, even though people bitched about it, I think it was a really great way of showing. It's like, no, she she works like action in various places yeah. in life. Like she's always like on the go. She's always very proficient at various situations. And that was just a real world type situation that they they came up with her uh, for her to be in this bike race thing. Um, and, uh, and, you know, she, she has been training her whole life and, and she is a fighter and she is really proficient at defending herself, which she does a few times. And there are moments where she is on the attack and she kicks butt. And then there are moments where the tables turn and she has to run. And like, it all feels like Laura Croft to me. Like it really, because at least with the new trilogy, um, she wasn't like as, you know, invincible as she was with the old games. The old games was, you know more of a cartoon character she was she she became more of a human and i adore that trilogy of games i really do i i never was a tomb raider player i never played the old games ever i didn't like i hate tank controls yeah same so yeah yeah instantly didn't want to play i used to watch boss rush play those games like the first two specifically yeah. and i probably saw some three but I never wanted to play them. I hated playing them. I thought they sucked. I just did not like tank controls. Same thing with Resident Evil. But um, those those games are fantastic. I I picked up the first one because I'm like, yeah, well, maybe maybe this will be cool. And I I did play through the whole trilogy. Um, so the story of the movie does actually, despite starting very differently, does end up being an adaptation of that first game, uh, the 2013 game. And uh, I mean, we don't need to go into like super details at all, but basically the basic things that are in there that were taken from the game where she's looking for her dad, she uh, tracks him down uh, to an island. There's this island. It's very much like the Lost Island from Lost, uh, where it's it's really hard to get really hard to find. It's hard to get to. And it's surrounded by constant like storms. So if you try to sail your boat there, the boat's going to crash for sure and you're probably going to die. If you happen right. to wash up on on shore and you live, uh now you're trapped there and you can't get off. So it's very much like the Lost Island and that's from the game. That's all from the game. And then what she finds there is very different. Um similar in some ways though. Uh there is this uh organization called Trinity that was something that was, I think, invented for the new trilogy. I don't think they were part of the old games, but I could be wrong about that. Uh, and Trinity is just this evil, antagonistic, archaeological organization. I don't know. They're, they're just digging shit up to rule the world. Basically like the Illuminati or something. And um, so they're pretty similar in this, technically. It's just a matter of the actual nitty-gritty being different. The characters are different. Um her friends are different. Her, the bad guys are different, but they work for Trinity. They're there to uncover the secret of the same thing, uh, which is there was once there's, you learn this legend of this queen that used to rule the island, Queen Himiko. Um, 
And there are legends. You learned legends in the game. You learned legends in the movie. And they are very, very similar, actually. They did a pretty damn good job uh, adapting that part of it, in my opinion. They did the shoes very similar. It was just basically there was this queen. She had magic powers. She controlled the storms to make sure nobody uh, went on to the island. And she's her body is somewhere on the island. And Trinity wants her body because... It'll grant them powers and take over the world, yada, 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 something like that. And uh, so then there's the rest of the movie. That's different than the game. We don't need to talk about all that. Um, eventually, she gets down to uncover like what the deal is really with Queen Himiko. And I have to say, I vastly, vastly prefer the movie version of the ending. A hundred percent. 100%. Because one of my favorite things uh, is when... I mean, I like big monsters. I like monsters everybody knows this about me. But um, I also love... One of my all-time favorite storytelling types type things is when you wonder if the magic is real and then it keeps really feeling like it has to be and then you're kind of convinced that it's real and then they, they actually... on The twist is that it's not. And the twist is they explain it away in a way that feels like, oh, that's crazy. I can't believe I believe this crazy magic thing because this is the more rational explanation and it's great. So when that sort of thing is done really well, I adore it. Um, and uh, I think it really fits Tomb Raider. So like the old games, it was just, there's just magic. It's just yeah. like whatever. It, that's established. I remember the second or third game, there was like a guy who turned into a dragon because he picked up the dragon dagger and there was the final boss. It's like, okay, there's there's like magic and shit, whatever, I guess. I personally feel like it doesn't fit. It's not my favorite part of Tomb, Tomb Raider. And in the new reboot trilogy, there really isn't that much of it. Um, but yet, in that first game, Queen Himiko... When you get down to like, okay, what's the deal? Okay, she was this evil, magical lady who just had magical powers for real. And random actual Japanese oni, which are actual like demon ogres, came out of the spirit world and are just still walking around the island. So that's another thing that, I, like, when you see the Oni for the first time, it's the biggest what-the-hell moment, and you're like, what is this really? It's like, no, it's just what it is. It's just what it looks like. It's just just an Oni. It's just, it's just an Oni. It's a demon. It's Oni here. Like, yeah. oh, okay, because that feels weird, but all right. And uh, anyway, so she died. She was going to die, the original Queen Himiko, and the uh, her worshippers um, had chosen a lady to be her new vessel. And they were going to do the ceremony where they were going to take Himiko's soul and put it in the new lady. And then the lady was like, fuck that. I don't want to do this at all. Her own soul was going to be obliterated. And so she killed herself. So Himiko died and her soul was trapped because she was magical or whatever. Her soul was trapped in her body, in her dead body. So they didn't have another vessel. They couldn't just, she couldn't just go into anyone. It was like a very specific thing. Um, and so her body is laid to rest in this inner tomb or whatever in the game. And she's pissed. So she keeps making the storms. The storms are just still going on because she's still aware and pissed, I guess. 
And yeah. it just it just feels like I don't know. I just I just really didn't like that at all. I I, I thought it was just a huge letdown. That you're like, oh, it, it's magic, it's magic, it's magic, it's magic, it's magic. Yep, it's magic. Like I, I want it to be the opposite. I want it to turn. You get that turn at the end, and the movie did that. So so when they get to okay, what who is Himiko really? So what they said about her was she didn't just have magic powers. She was the carrier of some crazy disease. So if there's any magic, it's just you're supposed to believe this crazy disease is a real thing. The disease would, when you touched her, you would start to rot like instantly. And you'd like go down to bones. Like it would just, she was just like lay waste to anything she touched. Yeah. And um, so that's as much as the magic goes in the movie. And um, well, uh, she was the movie Himiko was not evil. So she she decided that she was going to seal herself away in a tomb to separate herself from the rest of the world because she was death. She didn't want to be, but she was. Right. She just had this weird, she was born with it, this weird power, but they didn't even call it a power. They they said she had she was the carrier of some weird like disease. And it would just it would just instantly destroy whatever. So she sealed herself away. And so Trinity is trying to get to that so they get that power basically they 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 know more than laura does and so they they get there and uh they find her her casket they they open it they find her bones and one of the guys picks up part of her and he then starts to rot away and he dies and it's it's like oh my god it, even in death Whatever, whatever this is that does this, it's yeah, still, it's still active. It's still active. It's on her bones. It's it's like something about her just causes this death. And um, anyway, I I I vastly prefer that version. I think it's it's much more interesting. It's much more real world. Even though it's it's still fake, it's still like science fiction. But it it feels it feels more more fitting of the world to me than just saying yeah there's just a magic lady and she's got onis and she just makes storms and whatever the storms in the movie i don't believe are explained you're just like i don't know there are storms which i think is fine like whatever you don't need yeah, to yeah. don't say the lady the dead lady's bones are making the storms that's stupider like just yeah. just don't explain it there's just i don't know Weird can weird weather there, like the Bermuda Triangle. You just don't know. I don't know. So anyway, I uh I just I think it's an awesome movie. I think uh, uh I really wish it got more I wish it got a sequel, at least one, because they do end it on a, a really solid cliffhanger, and there's clearly gonna be more from Trinity on the way. Um, but uh alas, I'm I'm not holding my breath. Um, also starring in this movie is Daniel Wu, Walton Goggins, who's like the bad guy in everything. My God, he's in so many things. Uh, Derek Jacoby, which his name is actually pronounced Jacoby, which I learned hey, recently that the world says Derek Jacoby. It's Jacoby, according to him. Dominic West and Nick Frost, also in the movie. So that's that's my Tomb Raider 2019. Nice. Yeah, that was a really good movie. I remember thinking. Yeah, it was I've never seen it. Bad. I've never seen. It. I I've just seen the the other three with Angelina Jolie. I think she only um, made two. Those were. I yeah, remember those being. 
pretty good. Yeah, I like those too. Um, yeah, I definitely want to check out the the latest one for sure. So cool. So I actually changed my pick uh, more than halfway through this episode. I was going to pick um, uh, okay. Uncharted because uh, I feel like we don't need another uh, uh, Indiana Jones type movie to be talked about. But I will say briefly that I did like the movie. I'm not familiar with the games at all. So whatever changes they did in the movie that don't match up with the game, it doesn't matter. It As a movie, I thought it was cool. Um, it starred uh, Tom Holland and uh, Mark Wahlberg. And uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was really cool. It was a cool movie. It was very Indiana Jones-ish. Uh, a lot of uh, treasure hunting, a lot of traveling, a lot of stealing. Um and all that fun stuff. So if you if you're a fan of Uncharted, you may want to check out the movie. It, it it might be pretty cool for you. So my pick will be the latest Mortal Kombat movie. Okay. Um, because I remember seeing the the trailer for this movie, and I just could not freaking wait for this movie to come out because I thought it looked so goddamn good, and. I was severely let down. It it's not a good movie. The first ten minutes was brilliant. It was so good. It took place uh, in sent. It was like the Bumblebee movie. Oh yeah, exactly like Bumblebee movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but with with the uh, ninjas and shit. Um, so in the the beginning of the movie, it takes place seventeenth century Japan. And you had the the Linkway assassins. Uh, they are killing the uh, the Shirai Ryu Ninja Clan. I guess that's the Scorpions Clan. Mm-hmm. I want to say so. They like literally like murder. Yeah, so they just like murder everyone, and we don't know why they it's just so murder everyone. But that that whole scene, the whole fighting scene was just amazing. Yep, and it really sets it up to be like, oh, this is gonna be like. This is gonna be like the best Mortal Kombat movie ever, <laughs> and it takes a freaking hardcore nosedive. It, it, it's just so freaking bad. So the the movie basically stars uh, Louis Tan as Cole Young, a completely brand new character for the movie, uh, a pointless character, a pointless character there's no reason why he need to be made for this movie just have the characters that we are familiar with really is a very weird choice that they did that yeah absolutely and what's really crazy is that johnny cage is not in the movie right until the very end anyways spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie and even then he's not in it right i mean yeah he's not really in it they allude to him like he'll be in the sequel yeah, yeah. So it's like a it's like a picture of him or something. So, so Cole finds out that he's the descendant of Scorpion. So, in the first scene, when everyone dies, uh, a baby is found. Is like the only survivor, and it's in mm-hmm. Scorpion's child. So there's no way in hell this baby is Cole. 
if this takes place in the sense right of, he's just the descendant so he's just a descendant of scorpion yeah um so he finds out no i'm sorry scorpion realizes that cole is his descendant so he tries to help him so so scorpion is not a villain at all in this movie so he tries to help cole um and help his family out from uh shane's son and whatnot and doesn't, doesn't scorpion only show up at the very last scene he shows up i thought he was know, only in the beginning he showed the up yeah he showed up a few times throughout the scene so he wasn't in it much um there was a there was a near the end of the movie where cole is fighting sub-zero scorpion joined in um, right at the end yeah most he was in the movie was that yeah i don't i think he's just in the beginning and the end i don't think he's like helping him throughout the movie i thought i thought he was like in it more I don't think so. Oh, I could be wrong. Then. I think um, he just shows up at the end. I mean, Scorpion, you know, he's he's got the perfect casting. He's played by Hiroyuki Sanada, and like I love this guy so freaking much. He's he's in so many things, but what I mean, I just wish it was the Scorpion movie. Like he he's so great, he's so perfect. Yeah, and and yeah, I mean, just I mean, granted, he's not the type of character you would think would carry a movie. He's you know, you want a Liu Kang or something, but I don't know. I think they, right. I, I mean, think that's what they thought. They're like, let's split the difference and make him like a scorpion guy because he's the lineage, like he's the lineage, but yeah. we'll make him more like a Liu Kang. But we'll also still have a Liu Kang over here. Right. Yeah. I mean, you would think it would be like a, a uh, scorpion centered type of movie. The that would have been, that would have been the way bad. how the movie started off. I mean, come on. Yeah, the, the opening is amazing. And honestly, score like Sub Zero is super cool throughout the whole wow. movie. And, and I mean, like the way that they use his powers, the, the visual language of his ice powers, the way it yes. like creeps onto stuff like Horfrost. And like, I mean, it's so amazingly awesome looking. I love every fight with Sub Zero is amazing. Right. And he he does have a presence throughout the entire movie. Yes. So, yeah, so the whole point of Sub-Zero was to find Cole and kill him because he's the descendant of this clan. Right. And, um, and he's, he's trying to kill his family as well. He has a wife and daughter. And uh, and he gets thwarted at every time. Uh, Cole ends up finding help along the way. You know, uh, Jax comes into place with Sonya Blade. Um there's a big fight scene with Jackson in a, uh, Sub-Zero, and that was cool. And the way how he lost, uh, Jax lost his arms, I thought was really, really yeah. brutal. I thought it was yeah. pretty brutal. Because in, in the game, they said that his arms got ripped off and got replaced with metal arms. But in this movie, they were frozen solid and shattered yep and, and um Rain comes over and you no know, saves uh sonya blade and uh and uh jacks and brings him to outworld where jacks gets fitted with like metal arms or whatever and they look really cool i i want to say yeah the, the movie the movie sucked but the visuals are excellent i really like the visuals a lot and i think the a lot of the, the character choices or actor choices i should say were really damn good with the exception of uh, the whole Cole Young thing, um, but not the actor's fault. Um, I don't blame him at all. Um, 
which is a really poor choice in the, the writing part. Um, what else was there? Uh, oh yeah, Kano's in there. Kano's in the movie, so a lot, <laughs> a lot. I so actually much, like Kano. Yeah. A lot. I like Kano so a lot much. in this movie. Um, so what's her name? Uh, Sonia and Jax. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Sonia finds Kano in some abandoned house. I want to say, or as a, a trailer park or something, some trailer that he was in, mm-hmm. and um. And she's trying to arrest him or whatever. And uh, I guess he gets taken from uh taken from uh taken to Outworld with the, from uh Raiden. And the whole point was to train him and give him like some uh, some type of powers. And everyone everyone has like this this inner power inside them that chi. they haven't discovered. And they his unlock their chi. The chi, yeah, that's what it was. Um, his was the, the the laser that comes out of his eye just randomly. Like he gets so freaking pissed off, and like the laser just shoots out of his eye. And he thought it was like he was the coolest shit or whatever. Um, and yeah, so they figured out a way to like. I mean, it's it's cheesy, but whatever. I mean, it's it's like the, yeah. the original Mortal Kombat movie was afraid to give anybody their powers, like big time. Other than Sub Zero, and he was barely in it. I mean, the way that they they did Liu Kang's fireball in the first movie was like, okay, he punched the guy. Flash, right? Yeah, it was like a flash of light. He he did the pose and and everything, and he did it one time to Shang Tsung at the very end. It's like, come on, why are you afraid? Just make him shoot a freaking fireball. This movie's stupid. It's silly. Like you have a, a, a CG lizard creature walking around. Like just just own it like it's not that big a deal so i don't know i i thought that as silly as all that cheese stuff was you know it was a it was it was a way to give them powers they had to come up with something unless they just didn't mention it at all and were like yeah no we're not going to talk about it i can shoot lasers he can shoot fire you know i mean which probably would have been fine it's not like they explain why Sub-Zero can do ice, right? Unless that's the chi, and they say, oh, that clan, maybe they did say that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't recall. Um, the movie is basically pretty forgettable. Um, uh, Cole, his, his inner chi was literally the armor from Aquaman. <laughs> and then to me, it looked like Aquaman's armor from uh, the, the, the Momoa movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just really dumb. And he's fighting, fighting uh, Goro and getting his ass kicked, and then and he, he just gets his armor. He's like, "Oh, my inner chi! Boom! Here's my fucking armor, and now I can kick your ass because I have armor now." And it does I have no additional strength or anything? I just have armor, whatever. So I'm gonna kick Goro's ass. Yeah, I really was disappointed in Goro's role in this. He was just kind of like an a throwaway assassin that was in one part. Yeah. I, which I feel like is probably because they didn't have the money for like him too. Because there's obviously a lot of other effects in the movie. And they did yeah. do a good job. And I do think as, as a whole, Goro looked pretty awesome. But he was just, uh, yeah, just kind of felt like he's just a, a an assassin no that really, doesn't feel right really weird like, and there's so many other characters they could have just turned into that assassin they could have had cyrax or smoke or reptile or, yeah you know they, anybody but goro would have been fine honestly but right. he felt weird in that role to me yeah. um 
And then and then he he died, right? Didn't he get killed? He gets killed. Cole kills him. Yeah, like what? It's like what the what the crap? And yeah. I don't know. It's just not very good. Um All right. Although I mean, yeah, I didn't like it, but I am curious about a sequel. Like yeah. I would like to see where they where they take it. Hopefully they improve yeah. on a lot of stuff. And just trying to make a better Mortal Kombat movie because God damn. Oh, so actually, it's not it's not uh, Chi. It's Arcana. Is oh my god, that's the name that they. I like Chi better. The powers. It's I like Chi. I like Chi better because it sounds like T. It does, and T is fucking T. T is fucking fucking T. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's that's uh. I thought the movie had had good fight scenes and it did. adapted the characters visually pretty well um not always perfectly but um i um i thought there was a lot of fun parts to the movie but overall i i didn't think it was very good either but um yeah i mean i would be down for a sequel i think that if they learn uh some of their mistake learn from some of their mistakes and and just make a a little bit better movie i think it'd be fine yeah, um, overall the, the the casting was was interesting so a lot of like there's some like low level like more like tv actor like actors in this yeah movie. yeah not a lot of like movie stars i i think other than uh you know sonata i don't i don't think anybody else was anybody well that's not true the guy who played raiden was in the thor movies and i know i know he's a bigger star overseas but hey you know maybe maybe a lot of the people were i don't know yeah. Definitely had uh, the Jax guy was definitely from Supergirl. I know that. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So that's that. Terrible movie. All right. Um, if you like it, then cool. All right. So now it's almost time to catch that horizon. But before we say goodbye, let's go to this. The little critters of nature. Nature is sugar, nature is spice, nature is filled with maggots and lice. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Smell a fresh dropping and cover your tracks. It's time for Uncomfortable Nature Facts. Hello, ladies and germs. I am Aiden Alchemy, and welcome to another episode of Uncomfortable Nature Facts. I spoke earlier in this episode about it came from the desert, and what came from the desert were giant ants. So what better thing to talk about than fun, creepy, uncomfortable facts about ants? I, love I would love to share a few with you. So oh, please do. Uh, just you know, <laughs> just 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 hang out, hang out. You know, listen up. Uh, the the Hormiga culona ant is named for its big bottom or fat butt and has been considered a delicacy in Colombia for centuries, supposedly tasting like buttered popcorn. Yum. Uh, ants live longer than any type of insect. They can live up to 30 years. Can you imagine that? A single ant. Wow. 30 years. How is that even possible? Right? Uh, ants have 250 thousand brain cells and they are believed to be the world's smartest insect that sounds like a lot of cells it was a very small small head there you know 
you know, Hank Pym's life decisions are starting to make a lot of sense here. Yeah, no, he he backed a pretty good horse. Yeah, let's say. Um, there are over twelve thousand known species of ants. Uh, ants are able to sense the Earth's magnetic fields and use it to navigate. Uh, the the there's it. If a man could run as fast as an ant relative to his size, he could do mm -hmm. 34 miles an hour. Wow. For reference, the fastest man alive, Usain Bolt, has run 28 miles an hour. <laughs> wow. What? Ants run super fucking fast relative to their size. Um, ants move an estimated amount of 50 tons of soil per year, making them the world's most world's primary turner of soil um if every single human on the planet got got on one arm of a giant balance scale and every ant in the world got on the other the ants would weigh more huh. there are what? just so wow. fucking many oh my god there. that's insane uh, uh, scientists estimate that there are about 10 quadrillion ants that's 1 million billion ants in the world wow Wow. I'm a, uh, I mean, I'm uncomfortable. Right, now. right. I'm glad because that's that was the goal here. The largest ant colony ever recorded was found in Europe. It was 3,750 miles wide <laughs> and made wow. up of multiple colonies that came together to form a super colony. Through almost 3,800 miles of ant colony? Wow. Like... What the fuck, man? Wow. Uh, and then everyone's favorite fun fact. Ants can carry 50 times their own body weight, making them one of the world's strongest creatures relative to their size. If an average man was as strong as an ant, he could lift 9,000 pounds. That would be like one of us lifting a truck over our head. Wow. And that's just what ants do every day. So if we had to go up against really ginormous radioactive ants, as lame as a movie premise as it sounds, it would be a fucking problem. So <laughs> yeah, <I would. laughs> you're going to have a bad, bad time. time. Yeah, it's going to be a bad time. Uh, so this has been wow. Uncomfortable Nature Facts. And those are some uncomfortable facts about ants. Thank wow, you. that's Loved uncomfortable. It. I do not want to get into a into a fight with a giant ant. That's yeah, for sure. no, for Holy sure. And I'm, I'm, no I love when you I love when you theme shit up. I, you know, I love that the uh, B segment also came from the desert. Yes, I love doing that. I I, I have a lot of fun with that. <laughs> Great, nice. Do you guys have any proms? Oh, I think it's a pretty long episode at this point. Let's just nah. get out of here. Okay, let's get Good. the frick out of here. Good. Let's Thanks for listening, everybody. Yes. So, all right, that wraps up the episode. If you haven't jumped ship by now, we certainly hope you enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all the things that made growing up awesome. If you like what you've heard, please hit that little subscribe button and like us on Facebook and Twitter. As well as being part of the Inebriart Podcast Network, Retro Octopus is a full-fledged member of the Darkening Podcast Network. So if you get a chance, please check out our sister shows like The Newly Added Weekly What Pipe, Throwdown Thursday, That Strange Show, uh, Let's Not with Michelle and Sam, The East Meets West Podcast, and so many more. you got to check them out. So many good shows. 
For more information or to subscribe to us or any of these amazing shows, please visit thedorkney.com and be sure to check out our killer sponsors, Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for. I have been your host with an empty shelf, Nintendo. I'll catch you guys next time. For more shows like the one you just heard, check out the Dorkening Podcast Network at thedorkening.com.